0: This monkey for now Frankenstein! I know I'd go
1: from rags to riches. Why a four-year-old child could understand you this report. Come out and find me a four-year-old child. I can't make a head or tail out of it. Faravelli, you've got the brain of a
2: four-year-old boy, and I bet he was glad to get rid of it.
1: Now. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 2 of Logged that I am your host Tim Bercola. and today's topic, the Dirty 30, we're getting everybody's top 30 movies in the world, just to let you off the, off the top, uh, I am coming down from my second COVID shot, so if I'm a little punchy, a little froggy throughout the episode, uh, just bear with me, uh, we'll get through it together, uh, but uh, let's go to... Who won last week? I was trying to remember. I couldn't... This guy! Zach Ford! Last, Yeah, I thought that was your win last week. Uh, Zach, uh, was that your big turnaround? you going to ride that wave all the way down here through the home stretch? Or?
2: I, I don't think it's my turnaround, um, but it was the highlight of um, my, my whole life, honestly. Nothing has a, um, been a greater accomplishment than winning a random fourth week in a top 100 countdown.
1: I'm glad you appreciate that appropriately, uh, Cody. <laughs> um, second place last week, I think. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, how you coming back with the vengeance tonight? Do you, you feel like um, you're gonna come back with uh, stronger? I've, I feel. I, I mean, I put
0: Godfather two, and it meant an absolute jack shit. So, um, I think tonight. Well, this week is the one call before the storm because next week we go one a piece each movie and it like builds the tension and builds the anger in people. So especially that they have that, that high. So this is the last like week before I think you accept like even ridiculous movies, even this high, I think the next two weeks are going to be very violent. So everybody enjoy your safety this week, I guess I would say.
1: All right, uh, Brian. I think we're wearing close, almost match, close to matching shirts, not quite, but matching shirts today. <laughs> um, how you feel about your uh, your Ted movies this week?
3: You know, I, well, I feel good about them. Of course, cause they're on my list. Uh, there's, I think, two of them that I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for from at least a few of the people here. Uh, the rest of them, I think, we're, we're at the point now. From here on, anybody who knows me, none of these are going to be surprised to most people. So. All right, and Ethan coming down to the wire here,
1: buddy. Does the list get more Ethan or less Ethan as we go along here?
4: This be very Ethan. Um, Great. I mean, I listen, I, this is a, I'm looking at my list right now. This is a strong list. Um, What's the penis count at? <laughs> honestly, I, I don't know. We'll see as we go through them, but I don't know if there's any penises in these um, unfortunately, we'll see though. all
0: we'll the Dennis. audience, Weird. the audience was promised penises, and if you're not going to provide them, weekly,
3: weekly, peen. don't say that. He might stand up and work his That's
4: a show.
0: That's a that would be a it. top 100. Uh-
4: Spoiler alert: there are more penises coming. I don't know about this week though, so well, don't worry. Maybe don't
3: bad choice of
1: words, but okay. We'll stay tuned to see if we get our <laughs> weekly dose of peen. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Cody. Uh, you were 30 through 28. All right, so my 30 is
0: uh, 2013's The Wolf of Wall Street. My 29 is Doubt. And my 28 is Almost Famous. Yikes. Okay, I knew that one was going to be, so we're good. Um, Yeah, so... uh, there's a trend. I like Scorsese films. I'm a huge Scorsese. Uh, nut. and I think this. I, I. There's a lot of De Nero Scorsese, but I think, I think in the 2000s and 2010s, Scorsese really found when he started working with Leo, uh, a dynamic relationship that really paid off. This movie, it's not for everybody. It's all about excess. It's all about this guy that no one, no one likes at all. No one, you're not supposed to like. But I find so it like mesmerized by watching this entire movie with him. Uh, the fact that he didn't win an Oscar is almost the, the most insane thing I've ever seen. He, I said it last night, I logged it, but I think he deserves just crawl into his, uh, car on lewds. Um, the way he acts, on, um, from start to finish and has character development, like how he starts as just a guy, just trying the stuff out to becoming the actual wolf of wall street. Um, the Scent and the madness. I think I think Scorsese shoots us great. I think um, I think uh, Jonah Hill. The story behind Jonah Hill just wanting to work with Scorsese and took like actor's minimum to be on the film is kind of crazy, and I think he's fantastic. Uh, Rob Reiner in this movie as as his dad is like one of my favorite like supporting characters like cameo appearances like he shows up like twice, but it's fantastic. Um, and then doubt. Um. Doubt is a movie that uh, I didn't expect to like or um, know much about before I was uh, before I saw it. Um, Bowman recommended it, and I, uh, he said, "Don't." I I did a double feature, and he said, "Don't end with this movie," and I ended with it, and it like left me up thinking the rest of the night. Um, Philip, Seymour Hoffmans, uh, Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Meryl Streep, Viola Davis, uh, and Amy Adams in this movie are just, it's just this gut punch of a movie that still to this day, I have doubt about. No pun intended, but I do. Like, I don't know how the ending actually, if it's correct or not. Like, it's crazy. Viola Davis just shows up for two S scenes and literally, like, steals the show. Meryl Streep, after this famously said, give this woman a movie, because she hadn't worked up to much things until at that point. So yeah, doubt. I don't want to say too much because it's kind of a spoiler. Like it's it's very hinging on the ending and what happens. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen Doubt, uh, I highly suggest it. All
1: right, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I'm a big Scorsese guy. Uh, just a very different take on like the whole criminal underworld. Like it's it's you don't know, think of it as being as you know in that line, that vein of movies, but it definitely is. And yes, yeah, Scorsese just makes you know despicable people relatable. That's kind of his 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 uh, his stre- biggest strength. And no one else, I think, could get you to watch three hours of just such a hateable guy and just be on board for the whole thing and just kind of like explore that world again. Like I like movies that show me a world that I'm never going to see firsthand and yeah. just that, that world of finance and that, that of high finance and just the, um, the dirty underbelly of it and what they're willing to do to get ahead. Uh, and, McCle- oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. i just I'm
0: the way they're able to teach like the financial stuff to it, like of stocks and stuff that most people don't really or don't have a real understanding of it. He doesn't like Tony Scott, you like beat you over the head with all the terminology. They actually break it down, but not in like a,
1: a class uh way of like, oh, this yeah. is what this is. He gives like, you he what you need to understand, yeah to get through it. Uh, but yeah, I was gonna say McClauday is great in his scene, and just like the the role he plays it kind of hit in, in uh Jordan's turn. Is really good, but the whole supporting cast is great. Um, Great movie, great pick. Uh, 29, Doubt. I had not seen this movie. Um, I watched it this this week for the show, and I I loved it. It was a really, really good movie. Um, I just went in. I didn't know much about it. I knew the basic... uh, the very basic premise, but I didn't know the rules the character played. So I started watching it, and I see um, Meryl Streep's character. I'm like, oh, she's the like uptight religious conservative. Of course, she's going to be the bad guy because that's that's movies, and you know it's going to be Amy Adams fighting her to get the truth out. And then that scene where she sits down and she gets that first like hit of something appropriate, and immediately she's like, we got to bring him down. I'm like, oh wow, that's that's interesting. That things you know things just took a turn there. And then like you know then, then as it goes on, like maybe she's not the good guy. Like it's it's such a nuanced way to handle. Yeah. Uh, this whole topic, and you don't get that in a lot of movies, um, in general, but especially stuff that deal with like the church and religion. And it's just so realistic um, because you know having been inv- involved in like leadership positions in churches before. That scene where he come, they bring him in and they start talking about the Christmas pageant. And they're like, and then they kind of like, they just, it, it turns and he's like, wait a minute, are we talking about the Christmas page or are we talking about this? Like, oh, we're here to talk about this. And that just, I, that's so, so real. Like when you don't want to dress something with somebody, uh, and the way it gets danced around. Um, and yeah, uh, everybody's so good this, but Meryl Streep, this might be one of her favorite characters of mine that she's ever created. Yeah. And her and, uh, Hoffman going head to head, just the two of them, the, the scenes they have together are so good. Um, so yeah, I, I really, really like this one. Um, Real quick, everybody on uh, Wolf of Wall Street.
3: Well, you know me, I'm not a huge Scorsese fan, but this is actually one of those that I really enjoy. Um, I think a lot of that's due to the cast. I think that uh, not only Leonardo DiCaprio, but everybody else in the, does a great job. Um, and yeah, I, I appreciate like Cody was talking about how they uh, they really kind of, for people that aren't in the financial like, stock or anything like that, they really do kind of make it so you can kind of understand what's going on without like hitting you over the head with it. So, I like
4: that yeah um i this movie is one that like kind of went back and forth for me like every time i saw it um but then i did land on like really liking it uh and it's one that like people had talked about how Leo should have won the oscar for this one and i was like ah no but then i rewatched it thinking that and i was like wow yeah this is like his best performance and that's a shame but um a shame that he didn't win it for this not that it's not a shame that it's his best performance um yeah, it's great. I think it's like still a little too long. I like long movies. I just think sometimes they don't earn all of the length, and I feel like this movie can cut down a little bit. I know it's about excess, but it just it feels like a it, it goes a bit a bit too long with it. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie. It's 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 fun, and it's fun to see a bunch of like college bros taking the wrong message uh, out of a Scorsese movie again, um, and putting posters <laughs> of uh, the Wolf of Wall Street up in their dorms, which I knew people who did that.
2: <sighs> You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I like the movie quite a bit but this seems to be one that grew a lot um its reputation grew a lot with time so i think really reward by rewatches which i have never given it so maybe i don't have the full appreciation for it after you know one view especially since as i'm like real hangout vibes i think benefit you know the more rewatches.
1: all right anybody have anything to say about that one? i
4: haven't seen no.
3: it i haven't seen it I have it marked on letterbox as watch, but I don't remember it. <laughs> Must have been a while.
4: Okay.
3: All right, Ethan, that takes us to your bottom three. All
4: right. My number 30 tonight is Alien. Um, my number 29 is In Bruges. Yeah. And my number 28 is Casablanca, which I believe was previously yanked. Yes. Um, all right. So Alien uh this movie is uh a perfect film it is uh an incredible horror movie it's an incredible sci-fi movie it is terrifying it is exciting in the second half um it's got a perfect a really really great slow build you know you just this movie is like it knows what to do for horror it's like i'm gonna introduce you to all your characters you're gonna like all of them you're gonna they're gonna have a great dynamic together you're gonna understand their dynamic you're gonna like seeing them interact. So then when we do get to the killing and we do get to the murder and the horror, that's when you start to care and you get stressed out and you get afraid. That's how you do effective horror. It has some great twists that I won't spoil if anyone watching hasn't seen Alien yet, which what are you doing? Go watch Alien. But it has it has good twists with a really simple premise. You know, there's an alien on a spaceship. Like that's the premise. But um, the whole cast is great. All the characters are interesting. Um, that, that dinner scene is like, it's still like one of the best ever. Uh, it, it's so good. Um, yeah, I mean the, the the creature effects, the the actual alien costume, it, it, it's it's great. Um, this movie proves that you just need one scary alien with a few people fighting it to be great. You don't need any more than one alien. You don't need people with machine guns. You need one alien on a ship and some people being, you know, being being crafty and trying to fight it. That's all you need for a good alien movie. Um, this movie's incredible. I love it. Did nobody else um, have Alien?
1: Oh, that's a shame. I'm mm. sorry Ethan. think ahead.
4: Mm. Ah, anyway, uh, my number twenty nine in Bruges. Uh, Martin McDonough's movie in Bruges. Um, it is one of the funniest dark comedies i have ever seen. Um, I the first time I ever saw this movie, I just like fell in love instantly. It is Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson have some of the best chemistry you'll ever see. Um, in I mean, specifically for like the type of like kind of crime duo that you get a lot, where um, you know they, they kind of like seem like they hate each other, but really they love each other um it's so fun to watch them interact and just walk around this beautiful city of bruges while they talk about or while colin farrell talks about how shitty it is um ray fines is one of the best villains of all time in any crime movie in this movie um he is so funny and the the central idea behind this character is that he wants to he's i mean i don't think it's really spoiler he's coming after the main character just based on principles he's like his whole thing in this movie is is about principles and what he simply cannot let go based on what happens at the beginning of the movie, which I won't spoil because it it's really great. Um, this movie has so many good like setups and payoffs, um, particularly dealing with something that you know just happened in the beginning and, and that idea of principles. Um, the violence is like really brutal. And, and when it hits, it really hits hard. Um, so you really feel it. And I think it has one of the best endings for, for a dark comedy ever, especially with um, the way it goes out and the themes that it's been playing with the whole movie. Um, and then number 28, Casablanca um this movie is one that i'd heard about for years uh and i was always like that's one of those movies that everyone says it's the best movie ever you know, citizen kate casablanca whatever um and then i finally watched it one night and i was like wow that movie is incredible this is it's it's a movie from the 40s that has it's like genre defying it's like it's got it's got romance it's got comedy it's a war movie it's it's got a little bit of action it's a spy movie like it's it has all of that and it is it is a perfect version of all those things. Um, all the characters are great. I mean Rick is is such an interesting protagonist and it's so fun to get these little like teases out of backstory with like old history. I love stuff like that and then you actually dive into that old history and see how that happened and and kind of how it affects the rest of the plot is um it's just it's such a perfect script. Um, you care about all the characters. it's sad it's the music is beautiful. um there's so many iconic moments and the ending is people know like the ending line is is one of the best in history um this movie earns its status as like one of the best movies of all time
2: yeah and so i had this at 30 like 4 or 33 um i don't have time to look back at it um this movie is, is sexy i would button down some buttons but my shirt was already um unbuttoned um but but it, it is one of the steamiest most like repressed sexual movies of the 1940s. So people just want to, they just want to fuck the whole time. You feel like it is can't. Uh, this sort one of we live Paris, AKA get down. Um, what I think is kind of undersung about this movie is just like how deep the cast is. It says the perfect, like classic supporting cast. I think it just doesn't get talked about because classic actors don't have the name as much as on um, the modern ones. Well, but, but the supporting cast having I mean, the best threesome in movies um, threesome of the source actor. Um, the threesomes in movies is um, Bogart, Green Street, and Lori, They're just like the perfect combination of like oddballs that work together. They're also in Maltese Falcon together. Um, and, and another one I can't remember right now. Um, but having P. Lori, Cindy Green Street, you know, S.E. Sackle, and Coddard V and Claude Rance is like some of the best supporting actors of time. And I've talked a lot on other shows about how like. Actors in classic Hollywood that just had these like really weird specific looks that no one looks like these guys do anymore. No one looks like Peter Lorre in a, in a movie anymore. And, and I think it really aids to the, um, the like interest of in the movie and the engagement and, and the ability of what they can do with these characters. Um, you know, Casablanca, it's timeless. I saw Valentine's Day at the Music Box in Chicago. I recommend that. So I wouldn't travel to Chicago the next time Music Box is open and watch Casablanca on Valentine's Day.
4: You
1: Okay, we'll go back to Alien. Uh, definitely the best Alien movie. Not close at all. It's Alien, and then everything else is down here somewhere. Um, but yeah, just—I mean, it's just such a great like genre bender. I mean, it's basically like gothic horror, and space. Um, it just does so much. I—I I love that blue-collar working-class sci-fi. Vibe and tone that it has, uh, the supporting gas is great. Henry Dean Stanton, Henry Dean uh, Yafakoto, uh, all, all the whole cast. Uh, John Hurt. I just, I just love the fact that like they're not scientists. They're not scientists who are trying to figure this out. They're just regular people who are trying to survive. Um, and it's so great. It's just it's, it is such a slow burn, and uh, it's it's it, yeah. And when when when, the, when it takes off, like you said, Ethan, it's it's so good. That alien is so scary. I just love the idea that. Of a monster that even when you hurt it, it's dangerous. Like even if you're able to eat, cut it open, you're still screwed because it's going to be pour, it's going to have acid poured out of your body. Uh, that's just such a great little touch for for a monster. Um, but yeah, I mean that, this is the perfect one. Just one monster hunting people, a group of people down, you know, unstoppable, destructible, and they got to figure out how to beat it. Um, so yeah, that's uh, good pick. Uh, disappointed everybody else didn't have it uh, in Bruges. Yeah, it's another great movie. Um, a lot of great dialogue. Uh, Colin Farrell and uh, uh, what's his name Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson are so great together. And then when you bring uh, Ray Fiennes in, you know he just adds so much to it. Um, really fun crime like comedy, but not done in like in a real like. Like the comedy is very organic. It's not jokey or anything. It just it's it's just funny characters and situations. But still, you know, overall very serious situation, and um, that's a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, Casablanca is great. Uh, this is, I always say about Casablanca, it's my f- favorite opening 10 minutes to a movie ever. Like, it does such a great job of just building that world and showing you exactly what you're going to get. And, um, what's going to happen through the rest of the movie it, it, within that world, like the, the, the rules and the stakes that are set up. Uh, it's so good. Uh, so many great moments, uh, like the, the, uh, the La Marseille scene, the, the French national anthem where they start singing that for, you know, like the competing songs, the German and the, and the French, and, um, just the emotion of the supporting cast there, like that, the one, the French woman who was like, kind of like cavorting with the Germans. And like, you know, that, the, in that moment you see her face and like, she's crying so good. Um, like Zach said, the supporting cast. Claude Rains is amazing. Uh, Peter Lorre is great. Uh, City Green Street great. So, yeah, it is It is very close to a perfect movie. I really like this one. Uh, everybody else on uh, – we'll start with Alien real quick.
0: Ethan, I know you're sitting there and you're like, yes, I had a movie that no one else had. I'm winning this week. That doesn't mean jack shit on this show. Second, I almost put this on my list. It was really close. It would have been in my bottom half. Uh, just because I still battle because I still think Alien is the better movie between Aliens and Alien. I have fun with both um, in different ways, but yeah, it's a fantastic movie. It deserves to be on the list. So. <laughs> it's trying to be muted. <laughs> He did that earlier and no one picked up on it, and okay. I did, and
2: I was waiting hey, no. for him to do it again. And he, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm blaming Brian for not talking over me at that point.
3: Ethan usually saves me on those. Well, I was gonna talk, but it would be even ruder when you can't <laughs> even tell that I'm talking over you.
2: Um. Anyways, alien. Um. And my opinions are not as strong as they are about aliens, but they're still like. Something I I'm just missing about these movies. I still find like a lot of the dialogue really clunky and the characterizations bit really clunky. I think this movie looks a lot better, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's could be. I only watched it once and I I can't give it a rewatch, but it just it threw me off a little bit. It's still just like even though it's '79, there's still something just like so '80s-ish about it that holds it back for me. It's like pre '80s '80s. The '70s. It's
4: the
3: old. Or- <laughs> <laughs> it just has like. I think I think I've this misconception that I don't like Alien, and I do. I really like Alien quite a bit, actually. I just, I prefer Aliens. Uh, Like I said before, one of the things I like about this franchise is when they put a different director on each movie, kind of gave you kind of a different different feel, a different angle on this whole uh, universe. Um, Ridley Scott obviously did this one. He did a great job. I wish it was the only one he did. Let's just say that. Um, Because when he came back, it wasn't good um i agree but yeah it's, it's a good movie it just wouldn't make my top 100. all right uh imbruge let's do imbruge um uh, i love imbruge i'm kind of mad i didn't have it on my list this is one that like it moved everywhere from like 50 to 100 for the most part and then i don't know how it ended up not on the list it was a mistake if anything um this is a movie that when the trailer first came out it was horrible it looked stupid it's the worst marketing ever i had no interest in it went and saw it loved every minute of it uh especially colin farrell who it's almost like a childlike performance he kind of gives in this movie. It just does such an excellent job in this. So, I, I, I mean, even just with a simple shrug, I mean, it's great acting. So, I mean, I love this movie. It I like
0: look- it. Yeah. Mute yourself, sir. Um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I like the movie. I think it's okay. I don't love it as much as some people. It was a little overhyped when I, I got to it. I didn't watch it when it came out, but I know Coho is a big fan of it. He talked it up a little bit to me um, and some other people, and I just didn't like live to that same hype that I wanted to, but it could go up on a rewatch. It's not a bad movie by any means. It's definitely an Ethan choice for a top 30, so that's
2: um mine was an absolute mistake he said this oh wait this wasn't on my top 100 but i like really like should have been on my top bunch. i think it just missed my like brainstorm list somehow um i, I love it a lot so I've, when it came out for a while i probably would have been in my top 20. um uh, it, i think it's just so smart in its characterizations and then the brennan gleason performance is uh, at least top tier brennan gleason because all his like three best uh, performances are in my like favorite performances of all time. Might be one of the best actors we have working. We need John but I think it's such a unique character that he's able to create. Colin Farrell got a lot of acclaim, but I think this was really just a fine touch of this like artsy cultured um, assassin trying to deal with the chaos that Colin Farrell is bringing into everything.
1: All right, and uh Cody and Brian, uh, a couple seconds each on Casablanca
0: uh yeah Casablanca. i'm done go ahead <laughs> i knew I was gonna say uh, i watched this for the first time last year um i always was scared to watch this movie because it's a perfect movie as a lot of people put it <laughs> um i i really enjoyed it uh i'm a huge humphrey bogart fan i i will watch anything that man's in um even when he's bad, um, I just think I just think back then he could just command the screen. So uh, Casablanca lived up to the hype of what everybody put it as. It just needs more rewatches to make
3: my top one hundred. All
1: right, okay, Brian, uh, give us your thirty through twenty-eight.
3: Uh, my thirty is 1991's animated Beauty and the Beast. Here is the him earlier. Uh, my number mm-hmm. twenty-nine is Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. And my number twenty-eight is Saving Private Ryan. Previous eggs. Yes. All right. All right. So, uh, Be the Beast. Um, in like the '70s and '80s, Disney was kind of, you know, in a slump—not exactly their most successful time. Uh, with Little Mermaid, they kind of started their journey back to greatness. Uh, by the time we hit 1991, Be the Beast basically cemented that the '90s, in my opinion, and a lot of people's, was kind of the golden age for Disney movies. Um, this is a movie that you know not only had a great story, uh, had a great you know it had Oscar. It was the first animated movie nominated for Best Picture Oscar. Um, it had a great score and soundtrack by uh, Alan and Howard Ashman, which had like three nominated songs, I think, plus the score one uh, and one of the songs won. Um, this is an animated movie. This is like My uh, Poor right Aladdin I was talking about last week. This one didn't rely on celebrity voices. I mean, your biggest name in this movie was Angela Lansbury. I mean, other than that, you had you know Paige O'Hara and Robbie Benson were your were your lead vocals, so uh, so it wasn't something needed to catch in a celebrity. It just was on its own merit, just on the beauty of the animation, which I really miss two D animation, uh, and of course uh, and the and the story and the music. I thought this is just pretty much a perfect animated movie. That's all I have to say.
0: Sorry, who else? This? I I have it. Did you have it, Zach? Okay, I didn't know. I thought you. <laughs> yanked. I wasn't sure. I'm sorry. You're the old timer. That I was muted. so I can't give up. Was the best. Sorry to rub with my face.
2: <laughs> when,
0: animated films were animated films, not this young shit. Okay, uh, you. I love Beauty and the Beast. I think Beauty and the Beast is a fantastic uh, animated movie. It's my third in the. In the 90s, uh, it just falls a little bit lower than the other two. Uh, but, yeah, this one just is my childhood. Um, uh, I'll make Brian go, oh, God, I was born this year. So, like, it always has, like uh, – it always has like a special spot. Um, Lumiere. I think the side characters are way better than the actual story. Like it was something really interesting with all those side characters, Lumiere and Cogsworth. I've seen this movie a million times. The songs are outstanding. I think the the I think it's got one of the best Disney villains in it too. And the '90s is the best uh, for Disney. And it's not even close. Sorry, Zach.
1: Go watch Pinocchio. Uh, oh.
0: sounds
2: lovely. No, thank you.
3: <laughs> All right, Brian, you're uh, 29. Uh, 29 was uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and um, this is a movie I had zero expectations for going into this one. I mean, it's a movie based on a theme park ride, which just seems like they're you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel for ideas for movies. Um, the pirate genre hadn't been successful for, you know, it hadn't been a successful movie in decades, hasn't been, you know, as a whole genre, hadn't been popular since like what, Errol Flynn, Douglas Fairbanks days. Um, so I went into this one expecting nothing. Uh, the trailer kind of made you perk your head up. you know it, it looked very interesting. you know it looked adventurous, it looked kind of fun. And then when I saw the movie, I just loved it. I mean, this is a movie that uh, you know, had a real sense of adventure to it, had a sense of fun. Johnny Depp created an iconic character in Captain Jack Sparrow, which I know some people like Cody uh, didn't like as much as the series went on. Um, but really when for this first movie, he basically created this character kind of unlike really anything you'd seen before is completely unexpected for what people thought was going to be the, Johnny Depp playing a pirate. And, uh, I mean, he was, he was nominated for an Oscar for it. Um, cause it, I thought his performance was that good. Um, you also had Orlando Bloom coming off Lord of the Rings. You had Keira Knightley showing, you know, for the first time, really she could do something besides be, you know, Natalie Portman's decoy. Um, you know, uh, Jeffrey Rush as, as Barbosa. I mean, everybody from top to bottom of this cast, just, they were having a ton of fun, you could tell, and it really it really helped. I also love the score by Hans Zimmer. It'll say Klaus Bedelt, but it's not. Uh, basically, Hans Zimmer wrote the themes and had Klaus do the technical work for it because he even reuses a lot of Hans Zimmer's themes from like Drop Zone and Gladiator and some other movies, but it doesn't change the fact that it's probably one of the most rousing and memorable scores of like the last 20 years. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's a movie that, I just was completely surprised by, and it continues to be up here near the top of my list.
1: All right. I think you're really
3: with that. So your next one. And Saving Private Ryan. Um, I tend to gravitate more towards fun Spielberg than serious Spielberg. Uh, this is kind of the one exception for me, because, I mean, this is rightfully considered one of the best war movies of all time. Uh, people talk a lot about that first half hour. And, and yes, that first half hour is jaw-dropping. I mean, it puts you right in the scene. It puts you right on the beach to kind of feel you know, a small portion of what it was really like to be there with just people dropping like flies all around you. And the, uh, you know, it's a possible hopeless task that was asked of these people and and how many people died, you know, died for it to make it happen. Um, but the rest of the movie is not really less impressive. I mean, it, it slows down in pace. I mean, there are obviously more battle scenes later, but it's more of a um, almost kind of a road movie uh, following these soldiers as they go looking for Private Ryan, and uh, but I mean the acting in it is great. Tom Hanks, I think, does some of his best work here as like this math teacher who's basically been you know dragged into this war, and now he's responsible for these you know young men's lives, and you can kind of see how it how that weighs on him. Um, but that supporting cast, full of everybody from uh, Barry Pepper and Tom Sizemore and Vin Diesel, uh, Paul Giamatti's in there, young Nathan Fillion, it's just they assembled a great cast, even to the smallest parts of this movie. Um, the only thing I didn't like about the movie, I think the beginning and ending epilogue with the old man, I feel it unnecessary to the movie. I think it was only there as a misdirect because, you know, they fade out on him and into Tom Hanks. So you think it's him, you know, to try and fool you that he doesn't die at the end. Spoilers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a movie that got a ton of acclaim and it deserves, deserves every bit of it. All right. Who else had uh, seen it for Ryan?
4: Huh? You did. Anyway, Damn it! I thought it wouldn't happen to me. Um, I had it. Uh, I think it was in my top, my top ten, uh, my bottom ten. I'm not sure for my uh, 190, but um, yeah. I mean, I agree with everything Brian said. I I do actually agree too. I, I'm not a huge fan of the uh, the bookends on the movie. Um, feels a little unnecessary. And I, I guess like the point of it's to show that like the mission wasn't for nothing. It was like you know it it, it led to this. But um, yeah, overall, I mean, it's just it's such a I. I I also agree with Brian. Like usually, I, I lean towards like the more whimsical, I guess, Spielberg movies. Um, but this movie is just like it's so good. It's so visceral, and like um, the the violence is is really really well used. Um, the the fight scenes are incredible. Um, the cast is insane. It's it's so stacked. That whole scene with with Barry Pepper and, and the rival sniper or whatever is is like one of the best, most tense scenes that I've seen in an action movie ever. Um, yeah, everything about this movie is great. Uh, the the scene with the uh, the German soldier and they make him like dig the hole or whatever. Um, Steamboat Willie, that whole scene, like that's that stuff's all great. Um, yeah, it's just it's a type of movie that I feel like I I'm surprised Spielberg could make. Like it, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing he would do and do effectively, but he really he just nailed it. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, one of the best war movies we have ever received. I think.
1: Okay, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Um, it's good. I mean, it's a very charming movie. Um, it's fun. Uh, the uh, like you said, Cody. my favorite parts of it are the uh, the supporting cast. I think, um, but I just don't. I mean, I think everybody knows that I really don't connect on a real deep personal level to animated movies in general. Um, so this isn't something that's going to make my top one hundred. Um, but I mean, if you're if 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 you're into animated, I mean, this is you know on a technical level anyway, uh, one of the all time best. Um, so I'm not going to hold you against it. It'll get you guys too much for. Uh, for having that on there, um, twenty nine, uh Crystal Black Pearl. Uh, I really like this movie. Like you said, Brian, it's a theme park ride. It, it shouldn't have worked, but it did. Uh, just a really great adventure, you know, with you know the, the pirates and the magic. It does a really great job of like uh, uh, capturing that that Disney feel of like that that old school like Disney magic adventure type stuff. Um, Johnny Depp is great. You know he created a, a fa- fantastic character. Um, this isn't my favorite pirates movie, uh, but if you say it's yours, that's I'm fine. I completely understand because it's just a little more you know self contained than the rest, um, and um, it's it's I don't know if it's a smaller story, but it's like it's like I said, just it's its own thing. Um, so it's not like I said, not my favorite, not on my top one hundred, but I, it's it's definitely a movie that deserves to be on the top one hundred. So um, that's a solid pick. And then save it, private Ryan. Again, this is one uh that i like more than i respect i respect more than i like uh not that i dislike it um i just i think i appreciate more on a technical level than i you know connected to it on a personal level um just I, I respect the achievement um the d-day stuff is fantastic uh everything else after that like i, li- I like how it's the rest of the movie is kind of episodic like they go from like scenario to scenario and kind of have to work their way through each one um but it's one I, I haven't seen in a long, long time it's not if it's on tv or something like I'll, I'll you know might watch it for a little bit but it's not something i seek out to watch you know just you know frequently again because i mean it's, it's a pretty emotionally draining movie so it's not something you just watch for fun it'll um, be on again
3: soon they play it every june all over the place so.
1: yeah <laughs> uh so ethan and zach on beauty and the beast
4: um this is the part of the show where i get to say that i don't like disney animated musicals um because I don't really like Disney animated musicals, um, this one is—I, you know—it's—it's it's one of the good ones, I guess. Like I, it's a—it's a good version of that. I just can't really get into those uh, very much, um, unfortunately. Um, the live-action version is way better. I'm kidding. I haven't seen it. I just wanted to piss you guys off for a second. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I haven't seen it in forever. But my main takeaway is they took the weirdest ass shit. There's like people as lamps. And they you know, the whole, you know, um, oh my gosh, um, Stockholm Central shit, which I'm not saying this is a horrible thing, but when you have this weird ass shit, you need to embrace it and do some weird things, but somehow they make the tame, they dull it down so much the most like family friendly version, which Disney it's fine, but you gotta do at least some some wacko stuff. I like my pink elephants and acid trips Disney lay stuff and they'd some acid trips stuff here. Um, but, yeah,
3: that, that's my main issue with it. I, otherwise, I don't really remember too much. Zach wanted to see a sausage party-style orgy with all the feather dusters. <laughs> and Sa- and yeah. yeah, where's the clock <laughs> big? I
4: would be into that,
3: <laughs> Of course you would.
1: <laughs> um, everybody on Curse the Black Pearl. So
0: I'm just really confused. You have the third one.
1: Yeah, this one.
0: So if this is a favorite, does he hate the, do you have the second one? Or is that one... Uh, we'll find out, I guess.
3: Um, I but, never said favorite, just saying that.
0: Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, this is just effing weird. Okay. Um, I love the first two of these movies. I really do. I still find a lot of fun in both of them. The first one is something just n- totally unexpected that still holds up to this day. Uh, Barbosa is one of my favorite characters in this series. Um because he doesn't, he actually tries. I think Jeffrey Rush tries this entire time as this <laughs> character. He's like, I know I'm getting a paycheck. I'm gonna do it. Um, uh, but yeah, the whole just taking the ride that I wrote at Disney. And when I heard this was coming out, I was like, What the hell are they gonna do? They're able to do it, and they were able to milk that thing for five movies. And apparently, <laughs> they're rebooting it. So hats off to you, Johnny Depp, set for life. But um, he was set before this, but even more now. So
3: really, amber is.
0: I still do not say that he
3: deserves the Oscar for his performance as Jack Sparrow. I'm sorry. I will not. I will not stand for that. So yeah. I don't know if he deserved the Oscar for it. He definitely deserved nomination. Yeah. Exactly. yeah sure. Yeah. I uh,
2: also haven't seen this since I was uh, 14. I loved it then, but the sequels like ruined any motivation for me to kind of go back to it.
4: Uh, this movie's still great. The first one, even without you know, I actually happen to like the second one a lot, but. Um, yeah, this first one's great. it's a it's a fantastic introduction to this really fun world. uh like Brian said, like I know the score was a little bit like you know, some bits and pieces were were you know inspired here and there, but it, it's a great Got score. It, it really, really is. um all the performances are great, like they're such fun characters um it's it's when Jack Sparrow was just cool and fun, not like annoying and overused. um yeah i the sword fights are great, like Jeffrey Rush is incredible. Um the whole conce the the idea that there's like zombie pirates is just such a fun it's such a fun idea to play with and um yeah and also for for a Disney movie it, it's like pretty violent and there's like some like dark stuff they they touch on because they're pirates and they don't like shy away from the pirate stuff, which is like something that I, I feel like we're lacking in Disney movies now. But it's uh this one was good. All
1: right. Uh Zach and Cody on saving Private Ryan. I think
0: I fall in where Kirks um thing is i respect this movie more than like i love this movie um but it's been a while since i watched it um uh you know and i mean shakespeare in love is clearly better than the film so you know that's just out there so yeah i'll have to, i i need to i'll do a rewatch probably because so i'd like to see it but yeah i haven't seen it in a while
2: I enjoyed it a lot more in my second watch. I think because the first time you're so caught off guard by the you know the beginning that you're kind of left shaken for a bit. But I could really feel my way through the second half, which I have learned to prefer in a way because I think of the episodic nature, which is how I like. This is part of a lot of films I I enjoy, and weirdly I like prefer the action scene at the end than the action scene at the beginning. I like, find the beginning a little gratuitous, missing purse, but they want the end is really exciting, and I think. Um, you know, serves
1: that more
2: specific purpose in a way.
1: All right. Uh, then, Zach, let's get your uh, 30,
2: 29, 28. Okay. My
1: 30 is once.
2: My um, 29, we're really going to get in the, the weird weird ass shit animated movies that know how to deal with weird ass shit. We're going to go into My Neighbor Todoro. And then my 28, more weird ass kid shit, really um, wonka to go to the Chocolate Factory. Willy really Wonk? Jesus Christ, co <laughs> Okay. Uh, Little
0: known fact, he is gone, and I am doing God, this from now on. God, so that, you know. is, that is the
2: poor version, Willy really Wonk. I did not do the banners <laughs> <Really> already <laughs> there. I'm just kidding. Okay. Right. um, what, um this is is one of my most watched movies i turn it on a lot i think because it's like 80 minutes long and functions largely as like a musical album in a way um which is i think how it flourishes because the songs are all so great so beautiful as i mentioned talking about glenn hansard on the commitments episode that he he is one of my favorite musicians um and uh, out, even outside of his music with once um there's something about his like emotional rawness on um, that he gives in his performances and songs that is especially evident in the opening song saying Sundays" ain't the street and he's just like laying out all the emotion building you know into the empty streets of dublin um that I, I, it really is what captures me in musical performances and the movies that's full of that of really the, the the magic and passion and sincerity that someone put into their songs um and to and has this unfulfilled romance in a way it's really as like musical chemistry as a sense of romance itself because the romance you know um only amounts itself and, and so far but what really is like the baby they created is the creativity they were able to express through their relationship with each other which i find really moving and, and i think it's important to acknowledge like romance as a broader term as like we, we can have these really deep important relationships with other people so they don't have to have physical activity that they can be just as important as any other romantic relationship um and, and the movie expresses it um I, I i wonder if i have if glenn hansard if an actor only has two movies um, to their credit, and both over my top fifty, does that make him the best actor of all time? Because I think so. He doesn't have a mall in this one, though. No. Um, but anyways, once it's the greatest. Oh, Todoro, I forgot. I don't know how the show works. <laughs> um, <laughs> my name is Todoro. I've talked about you know Miyazaki uh, already a few times. Um, this one might be his most like child friendly. I think it, it deals with the same kind of tough things about you know aging with you know the challenges that come with growing up a lot of his films have um this one having a sick mom and then kind of having to move away um so she could be taken care of um but you know similar like pants labyrinth and where the wild things are and a lot of kids movies I really fall for that idea of how they kind of you create this fantasy world to um in a way as an act of escapism from from the the, the struggles that you're going through as a child but also as this like ultimate um psychological dealing with it because they're still kind of being, you know, dealing with the challenges through these fantasy scenarios and what's a better fantasy scenario than having this great fluffy guy named Totoro that you just want to like snuggle on top of that belly. Um, just a great friend. Um, he was the guy who gave a great speech to Totoro. I, I recommend you guys calling him up and hanging out with him. Um, but the, the creativity with those characters, with the cat bus, that's the July, is just like a beautiful animation and, and world design only Miyazaki can do. Um, and then my 28 was Willy Wonk and the Chocolate Factory. Um, don't even like bring up fucking Johnny Depp, or I'm just gonna come out off the show if anyone tries to take this. But Gene Wilder, I talked about the producers, you know, one, an actor I, I truly, truly love. And I think because he holds such a nostalgic piece of me because of how much I watched Willy Wonk, especially it's a great Thanksgiving movie. So it's on Thanksgiving a lot. I think it's just fruit and candy. But talk about embracing your weird ass shit. This movie you know how to take the weird stuff in a wild well, doll story and, and really flourish with it especially um, you know with, with gene wilder singing as they're taking the, the boat into the land and, and it really becomes this like really terrifying trip and, and gene Wilder knows how to act it up and his voice gets more sinister until you come out and it's this lovely chocolate waterfall um it, it's just a great play with the tone you know throughout the whole movie and then all the kids died. that's what they deserve um, this movie knows how to treat shitty children. Um, and it's important for kids to learn. If you don't act good in the chocolate factory, you're going to drown in the Chocolate River. Um, it, the song sold up. Comedically, it's beautiful. And, you know, Ra Daw is one of my favorite writers um, because I think of that, you know, t- treating the kids with a sense of maturity and what they can deal with, how they can, you know, talk about real issues, but also in this twisted ass way. Um, in this movie, I think, even though he hated this movie, I think it, it captured it perfectly.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. Once, uh, this is a movie I really like. Um, love the music. I love the relationship in this movie. I love movies that don't put expectations on their relationships, and you can just accept the fact that some relationships are temporary, and you know, and just enjoy the, you know, what it is uh when it, for what it is when it happens and then when it's over it's over and it's natural a lot of movies uh would have to like force this relationship to you know be successful and to carry on and the fact that this one just kind of like I said it it starts and then it finishes and it's kind of beautiful in that so um I really like that movie. Uh my neighbor Totoro uh are Ghibli movies I like uh some better than others. This one is just such a nothing movie. Nothing happened. It's 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 I said it's like an episode of Teletubbies. It's just like, it's just like th- visuals and sounds to like keep, keep kids occupied. It's like there's there's no, there's no story, there's no character. It just, it, like I said, it's just something you put. It's something you put on for like a four year old to keep distracted while you vacuum. That's 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 what this that's that's the only reason this movie exists. Um, the fact that you have this above, like Princess Mononoke and The Wood Rises, and you know a lot of the like really good solid stuff that has like really good story, really good characterization, is crazy. Uh, Willy Wonka um, is one I like. I- I can't remember if I had this on my top 100 last year or not, but um, I've always loved this movie since I was a kid. Um, and you're right, Zach, you know, you capture it just how it treats kids. Like it's respectful. Like I remember watches for a kid as a kid. I knew it was a kid's movie. And, but like, I felt like, oh, this like is like, I'm in on the, you know, like this isn't, movie isn't talking down to me. It's it's for me, but it's not afraid to be like weird or scary or anything like that. Uh, so um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh, Wilder's great in it um all the scenarios just the, the the chocolate factory like him on the bike the big you know the big bubble bike and everything is it's is so cool like just all the stuff that goes on there um so that's uh and yeah definitely i mean the johnny depp one's not even worth talking about uh this is just so far above so much better and the music's really good i like the music in this movie except for champ charlie champ charlie is terrible no one watches that everybody fast forwards it but the rest of the music is really great um so we'll go back i'll try to speed through these everybody on once
3: I saw it once. I liked it. Okay, don't need to watch it again.
4: Uh, uh, I, sorry, Cody, go ahead. It's a
0: mad movie for me. I think that Falling Slowly is a great song, but overall, the movie is nothing
2: special. Falling Slowly is like the seventh best song.
4: <laughs> okay, well, that's sure. that's an insane take. Um, the movie is great. Falling Slowly is, there's a reason. Uh, to the, that's the best song in the movie, Zach, stop. Uh, the, the rest of the music's really good, too, though. Glenn Hansard, I love him um i love the scene with the the producer when he's like Ugh, these fucking guys and then like he realizes their music's great and they become like buddies it's awesome um i don't love his motivation glenn hansard's motivation for leaving at the end but that you know that's just me but i think the movie's great
1: all right um my neighbor totoro
4: you hit the nail right on
0: the head when you said this is, this movie is a nothing nothing movie. This movie, I had to watch it for trivia. Nothing happened. Nothing. I, could, I could, don't know. Cat bus? Cool.
3: Let's move on. Ghibli's You're not for me. Psychos. Psychos. Um, I,
4: I haven't really, seen this movie yet.
3: I don't really want to talk because I, I still want Cody to not know if I ever actually watched all these Studio Ghibli movies or not. You fucking just said, <laughs> I know you didn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll just let him keep guessing. All right, and uh, Willy Wonka.
0: This movie's bad. I'm sorry. This movie is bad. Take off your nostalgic glasses. Finally, for once, this kid breaks the fucking rules and still gets the Charlie chocolate factory. All the kids in this are ass, and Uncle Joe can't get a job, can't do anything, but the moment he brings a golden ticket, this man does a hop, skip, and jump out of fucking bed and starts running around the room. No, he needs to run down to the local job market and get a job so they can stop eating cabbage soup. But no, he just jumps out because there's opportunities for something free. Freeloaders, terrible movie. Gene Wilder should have really said, you get nothing. Go home. You're a terrible kid, too. I hate this movie. I don't understand. And you say it leads into the creepiness. It does one scene. One scene of creepiness. We travel down that, and that's it. We don't do anything else weird. The fat kid gets sucked up in the tunnel. Mikey TV gets to be little, and Verica Salt gets to be what? She gets to go down for the egg shoot. All the things that should happen to these children.
4: Cody, you don't know what happens to
2: them. They're dead.
4: Yeah, there's Oompa Loompas. Like, yeah, I was like, going to say... They're not dead. Saying, you don't dead.
0: even know they're proven dead. There's not, not dead. How can you say
4: this movie's that creepy or weird when there's a legion of little orange people with green hair carrying children Yeah, can we also death? say, what's it their wages? Insane.
0: We don't know that either. Yeah, Willy Wonka's a fucking slave driver. Get, get over
4: it. <laughs> no, this movie's uh-huh. great. The Oompa Loompas are loyal to him. They love him. He's not a slave driver. Um loyal. <laughs> this <laughs> movie's great. I love the music, except for cheer up Charlie. I agree, Kirk. I always used to skip that as a kid. That movie, that song sucks. Um, I love the recent resurgence online of Grandpa Joe hate. It's really funny. Um and Gene Wilder is an absolute psycho in this movie, and I, I love it. Every scene he's in, he looks like he wants to fucking kill all these children. He does. It's awesome. It's a great movie.
3: Uh I'm far less passionate about it, but I agree with everything Cody said um the grandpa joe thing from the first time i saw this as a kid i was like how can we sit there letting charlie you know, serve him and stuff but as soon as he gets to you know go talk factories up and dancing about uh charlie did break the rules why did he get to you know everyone else broke the rules but so did he so why does he suddenly get to win the talk factory i don't know Question questions
0: oh, he, he still drank the drink and went to the top he just you know hit. as, as what a, what a kid i a
3: thought weird? i remembered liking this I, I remember liking this movie as a kid but i rewatched it several years ago and i it's really not a very good movie. Gene Wilder is great in it. There are yeah. a few good scenes and moments in it, and they're all Gene Wilder. Everything else about this movie is pretty awful. You want to go creepy? He should have hit the fan. Just saying. <laughs> Making an actual horror movie. Modem
0: splatter in the top of the ceiling. That <laughs> shit gets weird. Can I nope. just say Oh, it? wait. Oh, no. Everybody on board with that one now. Yeah. Welcome to the horror house. Oh, I just, bullshit.
4: I just want to add, I cannot fucking wait for the Timothy Chalamet prequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory he plays Willy Wonka. Oh, Willy Wonka
3: and Timothy Chalamet? Ooh, I'm so excited. That seems way too close to to a depth
0: take. And I I
4: can't handle it. I do
0: things that I'd rather drink bleach (laughs) like (laughs) those, Barry. I don't
4: don't think it's going to be good, but I can't wait to fucking see it. It's going to be spectacular.
1: Uh, All right, uh, (laughs) Cody, we're coming back. You uh, hit us with your 27.
0: Yeah, let's try to start early next week because this shit's going to get really long. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number 27 is Arsenic and Old Lace. Yes. Uh, the only thing... Oh, I can't say this shit anymore. Uh, uh, Trivia League. This is the best thing they ever gave me. Um, this movie. Uh, it was on the round three of Full Metal. Um, and I think J.D. West put it on there. Which I still think is the most outward, like crazy thing ever. And this movie is bat shit crazy. Like... For the four, for forty four and this movie to come out, like the concept of these old ladies just offing people and like burying them in their basement, and their nephew has no clue. He comes in to visit and sees a dead body, and the and, and their their son believes he's Teddy Roosevelt and he's digging in the Panama Canal, and it is one of the most like situational comedies that is just it still works perfectly today. It's uh, one that I now will throw on every Halloween because I think it works perfectly for the time. Um, Cary Grant is his facial expressions sell this movie every time. Like when they're like, Oh, I'll get you a drink. No, don't drink it. Like <laughs> insanity runs in my fa- it does, insanity. Uh, doesn't run in my family. It gallops. Like, it's just like, Oh, uh, this movie, I can't talk any highly about this movie. I, if you haven't seen it, please go check it out. It is fantastic.
1: Yeah, this is a really good one, like you said, Cody, for the time. Uh, just that concept. Uh and the ants are great, just how like sincere they are in their in their mission and how they think they're doing the right thing and how crazy that is. And Kerry Grant's really good in it. Uh the I think he said like this was like his least favorite performance that he ever did, like he hated it. Uh, but I think it's so good. Just like the mania of like what he's trying to do and like um him coming to the realization of what they're doing to try to stop it is uh really good. And then um is it is Peter Peter Laurie's dinner this one too, right? He is he, he's the he's Peter. one of the with his brother. Uh, I'm ter- I'm really terrible with uh, things, Peter Laurie. But anyway, um, oh. yeah, at the end there, like you said, ending with his brother is really good. Um, so yeah, this is on my top 100 last year. It's a really solid movie. Uh, everybody else, are, yes, are Peter Laurie is on it. Yes,
4: I've never seen this movie. Well, I can't talk about it.
3: I watched sure. it for the first time for trivia as well, and I actually really enjoyed this. And this this kind of got me kicked off when I finally got around to watching a lot of the Cary Grant movies I avoided for a long time. I like this one a lot.
2: I like it quite a bit. I do think that this has a, a problem escaping the play aspects. I don't think it's a I, I where I just kind of like wish it expands itself, um, past what what it's able to do. So, That's
1: funny. I like the finger sign shit. All right, right. right. Uh, your number twenty-six, Cody. Uh,
0: My number twenty-six is also Scorsese. It's from nineteen ninety. It's Goodfellas. Yikes! How Goodfellas? There. All right, Uh, my twenty-five proves that I have a problem. I know that. I'm okay with it. Um, Mine is two thousand seven Zodiac. I am a true crime. Do you have that? Okay. Uh, you're muted, so I don't hear a damn word you're saying anyway, so I'm going to talk. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I'm a true crime nut. I love true crime. I find it very fascinating. I find it so interesting. Uh, Zodiac is... this. I think this is Fincher's best film, though. Uh, and I, I, I honestly... I think there, there's a few that you can take that is his best, but this one where what he's able to do with this film and create this thing that still is unsolved to this day um, of who the Zodiac Killer was, is just one of those fascinating stories and how he's able to like not shy away from like how horrific some of these the kills and everything else that he does, but like the notes and the obsession that comes over the, the, the groups that keeps getting these letters. I think Jake Gyllenhaal and um, uh, Mark Ruffalo and uh, Robert Downey Jr. just give outstanding performances throughout this entire movie. The ending will always get me like, I just, it's just so freaky. The interviews where they're thinking they got the guy. Um, yeah. If you don't know much about the Zodiac killer, it's, it's, it's just a very interesting story in, in San Francisco, but um
1: yeah, uh, my twenty five zodiac. All right, um, this for me is a tale of two movies. Um, the, this is the first half, which is more like the character driven stuff, and then the second half comes more procedural. Um, and you guys know me; I'm going to be much more. I'm much more into the, like the, the first half, of character stuff, because um, there's so many great characters in this movie. Um, and Robert I Love Jr. the
0: procedural
1: stuff. Uh, so That's fair. Um, Robert Downey Jr. kind of dominates the first half, and he kind of disappears in the second. And um, so I really, I really like his first half stuff. Um, I mean, the, the the second half's not bad, um, and there's some really good screen scenes. Like I've seen in the basement's fantastic. Um, a lot of tense moments there. I just like the first half better. Um, but I'm overall, it's, it's it's a really solid movie. Really, like you said, really good tr- true crime. Uh, everybody else in Zodiac.
2: I like um, so sort of quite a bit. I, I think this is another one on we'll rewatch I think is really rewarded because it is pretty dense. Um, it, 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 dense and patient at the same time, which is kind of a weird combination. Um, but you really have to kind of find the vibe in the footing with this film. Um, and, and, and you really get more into the head with the characters the more time you give it. Um, but mainly the problem is it's it's no Benny Button. There's no this time
3: there are other Finchers i like more but I actually really like this one I, I didn't like it as much the first time i saw it um I, part of that might have been you know frustration with the ending but again that's what really happened so you know what are they going to do um but then you know the upon rewatch i liked it more because you know you really pick up that this movie isn't even so much about solving the crime it is is a movie about obsession and about these guys and all the different ways and how you know it just takes over and kind of you know in, in some cases ruins our lives uh because of their obsession over this case um but yeah, Fincher does atmosphere better than almost anybody, and uh, and the cast is great. Talked
4: about them. Uh, yeah, I agree. The cast is ridiculous. It's so good, um, and the direction is really great. Um, I for some reason this movie didn't like completely connect with me the first time I saw it. I've only seen it once. Um, I liked it. I didn't like love it as much as a lot of people do when they talk about it. Um, so I think I have to rewatch it. I feel like I like it more. Um, I do like the ending a lot, though. I think it's it's they do the Fincher does the best with what he can for the real life ending with this movie's ending. All
1: right. And so, uh, Cody, that takes us to year 24.
4: Okay, so
0: this is 24 where I cut loose uh, Kirk altogether. Um, my favorite sport of all time is baseball. It's not even close. Um, I can't remember. I think I put this on my favorite films last time. I don't remember how bad he roasted me last time for it. But this is about a down-and-out team in Cleveland trying to be so bad and move this team to Miami,
2: it's Major League. That you're going fever pitch, and I'm so pissed. <laughs>
0: oh, <God. laughs> uh, bet, uh Probably top 25 rom-com guaranteed in that movie. Um, but this movie has got everything just that I love about baseball and, like, an underdog story and getting the worst players possible in there. Um, And the manager of this team, I can't think of who plays that manager because I'm terrible at actor, but just where like Roger Dorn uh, uh, comes over to the third bases, like I'm not taking the grounder off the face. It's in my contract. And he just pulls out, throws on the ground and starts pissing on his contract. (laughs) Like, I don't give a damn what you're saying you're doing it. Uh, every time uh, Willie Mays Hayes, uh, hits a fly ball, he has to do push-ups. Um, basically, just how he this this group that is just not supposed to win wins. It's you can see it from the beginning, but how they get there. Charlie Cena's wild thing. Um, I still hear that song and like it's so exciting. I can imagine being in a baseball stadium when that goes. But like the little things, like the announcer, uh, who plays that Bob yeah, Bobby, it's like, well, shit. Like, every time when they're leading, they're doing something. Well, they, they can't throw this game away. Well, there it is. Like, he starts <laughs> drinking, and they have, like, the, the, his side, his color commentary, like, doesn't say, fly ball, left. Like, he can't really compete with him because he's drunk, passed out. And then the fans in the stand that play the drums and, like, scream at Wild, wild Thing and tell him he sucks and he's terrible. Um, yeah, it's just uh, – it's got one of my favorite quotes ever, uh, where it's like, uh, "You need to you need to pray to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I love him very much, but he can't help with a curveball. <laughs> Are you telling me Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? Um, it's just so this movie's batshit crazy, but I I love it. I I will defend it to its end. I think this movie is great.
1: Uh, I had not seen this in a really long time, but over the past couple of years, like year and a half, I've watched it multiple times for trivia. And I don't dislike it. Um, it's it's all right. It. It's it's a good it. comedy. Um, I love the characters. Just such a great collection of characters. I love love what a movie has like very well defined. Like this is who they are. This is what they do. And there's like a lot of setups and payoffs through that. Like every character kind of has their own little arc through whatever their thing is. Um, I would really like that. And it's a great baseball movie. Um, I just it really captures that feel. Um, you know, knowing what all too well you know the feeling of having a team that is always going to be bad and you know it's always going to be bad but trying to hope for the best um you know that that see i just love like the seeds like the different fans like the groundskeepers and the people in the bar how they keep going back to them throughout the season yes. um it's so it's so good yeah and euchre's great Euker, 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 i think euchre's the best oh. part of it um yes. just his like just him completely giving up um is, is so good and, you know, like I said, I could totally relate to that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know why you thought I was going to roast you on this. I like this movie.
0: I yeah, just I, didn't remember if you hated it no. or not last time.
1: I mean, 24 is high. I'm not going to lie 24 is <laughs> high. But, uh, but I don't, I don't
3: dislike it. Everybody else on uh, Major League. Major League is lots of fun. I, I, this is probably one of my favorite baseball comedies. Um, I, you know, this is back when Charlie Sheen was actually, you know, not insane. And he was making funny movies. Um, but it's 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 great as a baseball movie. It's great as a comedy. It's it's so completely quotable. Um, uh, Jobu won me a trivia match, so I, I gotta like got like Jobu. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I mean it's it's yeah is high, yeah. But it's a personal favorite of his, and I can't complain because I got some weird personal picks of mine coming up. So.
4: <laughs> um, I think growing up that the Major League Two was the only one that they showed on TV because I feel like I saw it like a hundred times as a it. kid. I
0: don't and hate it.
4: To this day, I'm not sure if I've ever <laughs> seen the first one. I might have. I don't know. But I do know I've seen the second one a lot because that was the only one that they used to play on TV. Um, so I, I don't remember anything about the first one at all if I have seen it. I might have. Have you ever seen Major League Wesley Snipes in it? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe. Because he was only in the first one. <laughs> I've also seen the third one, which is garbage.
2: He turns into Omar X, right? Like-
4: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a transformation scene too. Uh, Yeah,
2: yeah. he goes into the fly machine and he comes out. Um, I, I like have seen this in bits and pieces. Um, but I moved to Cleveland, back to Cleveland, my hometown. Um, in about three and a half weeks, I decide right now this is the first movie I'm watching the day I move in. We're gonna go fully embrace it. I also want to go to an Indians game real bad pretty soon. Um, and also embrace that. Um, and also Burn Down by uh, Randy Newman plays at, in the opening credits. This is the one thing I remember about this movie. The song's a fucking banger. It's a classic. Of Randy Newman's A like, Great American Hero. Um, it's about the Cuyahoga River. Um, take it in. Learn about your history.
0: It's a great opening. All
2: also, right. I else
3: like, this one was like full on R-rated. The second one, they went all the way down to PG, if I recall correctly. And it was like, they kind of neutered it.
1: That's weird. I've, I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen
3: any sequels. Um, okay,
1: that's going to bounce over to Ethan and your number 27.
4: All right. Number 27 is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 2003? Uh, no, 1974. The, uh, the only one worth watching. Uh, maybe the second one. But um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is terrifying. It is a movie that is so cheaply made and toby hooper shoots it in such a sloppy way but like the sloppiness works like so perfectly for what the movie is like this this like gross uncomfortable um just like grisly experience that these people are going through like that's how you want the movie to be shot you want to be shot sloppily and and but it still looks great with like that old film grain like it just it feels really really cool um the uh the all the characters in that family are are horrifying. There you know Leatherface is the, the one that everyone knows and like loves. He's 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 creepy. He's uh, he's a psycho. He's swinging around that chainsaw is great. Uh, but also you just feel his like just like he's a he's like a giant, you know. He just grabs these people and just like brutally kills them. It's fucking awesome. Um that dinner scene with with the family of cannibals and you know the girl getting stabbed like it's it's so it feels so real that like it's one of the few horror movies that still just gets me gets me scared. Like it just makes me feel uncomfortable watching it. Um, like the, the, you know, the furniture made of people and the ending of the movie where this woman is just getting chased down by this absolute lunatic. It's, it's really scary and it's just like very effective in its simplicity and it's depiction of cannibalism. It's, it's a really great bare bones horror movie.
1: Uh, I had not seen this. Uh, I watched it this week, uh, for the show. Um, the one thing I liked most about it is just it's a nice like quick eighty some minutes, and the movie just has like four or five beats. Once it once a hit, gets in, gets out, and it's done. I feel like if they made this movie today, it would be like two hours and fifteen minutes long, and they would just stretch everything out so so long, and it would just be so much because it's it's hard to because that's the thing like it's it's almost everything you're seeing is so hard to watch that if you had to watch it longer, it just it, it keeps you there long enough to to gross you out and make you feel sick, but it doesn't. uh you know, it doesn't torture you with it to make you watch it forever. Um, and I think that adds to, like, the fact that, like, they're trying to say they're showing you something that really happened. And I think that adds to the realism, which is like it starts and then the things happen and it ends. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's scary. The The, the girl plays uh, uh, Sally, uh, does a great job, uh, especially at the end. Uh, she's, you know, just, just her. And it it almost gets ridiculous at a point, but it's it makes sense to get ridiculous because what she's witnessing and what she's going through, like there's really nowhere else for her to take that performance except go so completely over the top because that's you know based on what she's seen. Um, Certain parts, like the 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 one chasing, like I could see why this movie is like the uh, inspiration for so many horror movie parodies of like everybody making the worst possible decisions because like that scene where Leatherface comes out and kills her brother. And she runs full speed in the exact direction Leatherface came from, <laughs> and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And then, like, when she runs in the house and goes upstairs, and like, you just, what's 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 the uh, end game here? And then, so th- that that chase scene where he's chasing, certain parts of that kind of feel, started to feel like almost like when you go to a haunted house on Halloween, like so, like somebody's chasing you, but they can't do anything to you because he gets so close to her, and like she just kind of stands there, and he's like hold the thing over her, and it's like, okay. But again, like you said, that 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 uh. That just plays into like the economy of you know what they had to work with and how they filmed it uh, but overall like I, I this is the movie i was nervous to watch because i thought it was just going to be so like really difficult to watch and really disturbing and it was um but it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be uh everybody else on texas chainsaw i know cody you probably want a lot to say on it <laughs>
2: uh, my my challenge with this movie is the same with halloween which is, you know, the story, the characters, they're so barren, because it's kind of not the point. So I can appreciate, like, the technical prowess of the movie, but it's hard for me to connect to a deeper purpose other than, like, be scary and impress people
1: with scares, which I just, need.
2: you know, more of that, I think there is a political, you know, at least a political goal there, as far as, like, as you read about things, but I don't think that really... Um, is easy to understand or, or easily stated when you're not in the 1970s i don't think it's as relevant um, you know today um so i and I, th- I do want to say that i think the scariest character the scariest part of the film is actually the brother i don't think leatherface i had to watch all these for because lucas is an asshole um so i watched all types <laughs> of chainsaws in a week um, and i think the scariest character is the brother when he's hitchhiking is the scariest woman in the in the Franchise. Uh, he, he like you know cuts himself, and he j- it's just that like sporadic. You don't know what to expect, rather than just a maniac with a chainsaw. You know where you're getting with that. Like the more chaotic energy you get with the
4: brother.
3: I watched this movie for the first time like five years ago. I hadn't seen it before that. Um, it's an okay horror flick. I mean, it, especially for its time. I mean, you can kind of tell it's kind of a low budget affair. It's kind of you know gritty and all, um, but. My problem is the, the, the overacting in this movie is just by everybody is pretty horrible. And honestly, the direction and stuff and the editing, that's really kind of sloppy too. Um, if I'm being honest, I prefer the 2003 and even its sequel in the, the beginning. I prefer those over this one because uh, they are also you know, good horror flicks, but at least the acting is not nearly as horrible as it is in this one. This motherfucker
0: don't miss. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> So this goes back to me being ten years old and begging to watch a horror movie for the first time, and uh, my uncle showing me this movie. <laughs> um, this has <is>, scarred me.
4: <laughs> this, this
0: this feels like a home movie, like shot how it's shot. It feels so much like like this is just like filmed on a on a handheld camera. So yeah, I think it's flipping terrifying. I've never went back to it. So um, yeah. Nothing. But, I mean, it fits for your top 100.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, it's just it's so, everything about it is so gross. Like, all the characters. Like, her brother is such a hard character to watch. Like, even, like, that kind of stuff. Like, everything in this movie just is designed to make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, moving on to your number 26.
4: All right, 26. 1982, The Thing. All right. Uh, the Thing is... An incredible, another sci-fi horror movie uh, similar to Alien, where you get, you know, you cast the characters. You get a small group of guys in Antarctica. Some of them are scientists. They're they're in this this facility, and the the idea is so great and simple and terrifying that there is a creature that could be any any of these people could be the creature, and you don't know, and you won't know until it's too late. Um, so not only is the premise fantastic, but the the tension that is built up throughout the movie is great um because of the premise so you're always just on edge you don't know what's going to happen when who is who is who who who's the monster um and the fact that the alien i mean the 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 forms that it takes in this movie and the the practical effects are spoken about as like some of the best of all time because they are like all of the creature stuff in this movie is just i could watch it on loop for hours you could just put the creature stuff in front of me and i would just sit there looking at it because it's so beautiful and like the 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 guys who who designed all this stuff and made it happen it's just hat's off to them. Um, It's like, I mean, you know, Kurt Russell is is fantastic as Mac. Uh, You get a little Wilford Brimley action in there. Um, Yeah, the whole cast is great. Uh, There's so many iconic scenes. The scene where uh, they're doing the defibrillator and the the stomach opens up and eats his hands. Like, one of the best moments in a horror movie ever. Uh, The score is fantastic. Ennio Morricone, so good. Um, Usually, you know, you get the John Carpenter stuff, but he, you know, Ennio did a fantastic job. Uh, it's just, it, it's, it's so, it's so much fun to watch. The ending is it's the most perfect ending for this specific type of movie and the story, um, which I won't go into, but it, um, yeah, I, I can watch this movie a hundred times. It's so good.
1: Yeah. I think uh, this is definitely one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Uh, just great, it starts out with a great setting, like a great horror setting, just like that barren Arctic wasteland is such a great place to set it. Uh, just nowhere to go. And like the, just the the environment itself can kill you if you're not careful um and then they built all this on top of it uh yeah there's the practical effects are amazing and i just love how they just completely go for it how there's no like rules for what this thing can turn into there's no limitations to it and just how crazy it gets from you know the the scene with the the stomach opening the scene with the dogs um just everything this thing becomes is is so great so great looking so well done and just i I just i love that practical thing where you know all that's right there and it's happening um it's so good uh yeah kurt russell's great as keith david the whole the whole cast is really good and just you know the scene with the, the the blood tests and, you know, the way that's shot, um, it's just such an amazing movie. Just one of the all-time great just, like, tension builders. Uh, did anybody else have the thing? Wow. Okay. Why not? And you're muted.
0: My turn. Um, um, I watched this movie for the first time this past year, uh, this year. Um, and what I put in my review is, I'll stand by it will never be one of my favorite movies. Like, I can already say it's just never one of my favorite movies. But what I can say, this is a master class on how to make sci-fi horror movies, and the effects in this movie look better than movies that were released in the last five years. Like, this is it. Still has it. Still holds up. I will still laugh uncontrollably at the checkmate cheating bitch, and he throws the coffee. I think that's one of the best Kurt Russell lines ever um, in any movie. Um, but yeah. I, I can I respect this movie more than I love this movie because to say it's a bad movie you can't you can't utter those words. It just cannot be for you, and that's what it
2: is for. Me, so. Good choice though for you. I haven't seen it. Um, it did just get Criterion Channel, so I hope to see it, uh, which is weird. Uh, but I hope to see it too. I also need to watch all John Carpenter's movies so I can officially start my campaign for *Starman* being his best movie. It's my benny <laughs> button for John
3: Carpenter. Bring it on. Uh, this is the movie. I, I like this movie. It's it's good. Um, it uh, you know, like Cody says, it's never going to be a favorite of mine. Um, the practical effects. I think there's some of them that look amazing. I think there are some of them that really. Looks pretty bad, honestly, in it. Um, but I mean, a lot of it's very well done, and especially, I mean, what it does more better than anything else. People already talked about this, so I won't go into it. But the, the tension and the kind of you know suspicion of who you know who might be infected, all that kind of thing is good. Um, if you're expecting me to say I like the remake prequel more from 2011, yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh,
4: <laughs> Brian, you're, you're gonna give me an aneurysm. Is
3: that is are you are you being for real on that one? <laughs> I, I I think I at least find them equal.
4: Oh, God. Maybe even a little more. Kirk, write that down, please. I got it. It. But, I mean, if you if you know me at all, John
3: Carpenter movies are not usually... I, I don't like a lot of John Carpenter movies, so this is yeah. one of his better ones. All right, Ethan, you're number 25. I've
4: secured last place. Okay. <laughs> one of his hey, I better so. ones. That's hilarious. Like totally <laughs> I mean, the, the new one being even equal. Oh. Anyway, all right, we're moving past it. Past it. Uh, number 25 is... Uh, a movie that was referenced very recently on this show, uh, *The Fly* (1986). Um, this is a movie in which uh, Wesley Snipes enters a, a teleportation pod and becomes Omar Epps. No I'm kidding. Um, this movie is—it's uh, my favorite David Cronenberg movie. Um, it does every kind of Cronenberg thing that he always does perfectly. Uh, it is so gross, but like in the best possible way. I mean, Jeff Goldblum. First of all, he, he's—it's—it's the it's perfect role for him because he is such a charismatic guy, but he's also so like nerdy. If you don't really like see the charisma, and having an actor who can do both of those works so well for this because you have him in the beginning as that nerdy, uncharismatic guy, and then he enters the uh, the pod, and it, you know, when he gets that fly DNA mixed with him, he becomes this like confident, powerful, strong guy, and and Jeff Goldblum embodies that, um, and and his chemistry with Jeannie, Gina Davis is so fantastic, and I'm she's like one of my favorite actresses of all time, um, and this is one of her best movies, and. Uh, yeah, just watching them interact is great. And uh seeing that slow transformation of Jeff Goldblum into Brundlefly is one of the most it's one of the best things you, you could ever experience in a horror movie. And similar to the what we were just talking about the thing, the, the practical effects in this movie are top-notch. Um everything towards the end of the movie, which I won't specifically say what, but like if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Like the stuff at the end is insane. It's so fun to watch. Um what happens with his character at the end is so great. Um, and I just love the, the, the premise. It's like, it's a sci-fi movie about a guy developing a teleportation device, but a fucking fly enters it with him and then he becomes a fly. Like it's such a great, it, it's, I don't know. It's just so fun. Um, and it's, I like the original for what it is as a corny fifties horror movie. Um, but this is one of those rare remakes where the remake just like blows the original out of the water.
1: Uh, I hadn't seen this since I was a kid. Uh, so I rewatched it this week um yeah i love goldblum and this is a great goldblum role um just see him going from that like uh that like you said the transformation so i i watch this movie and I'm like this is like a, this is a movie about a guy going through the stages a person like going through the stages of grief like for, you know starting with down then you know at the end of the acceptance and um I, I again, this is another movie where it's the the the, the, the runtime is perfect it's a it's a nice Trim 90 minutes. Uh the movie starts with him and Jenny Davis in the middle of their first conversation. There's no meat cute or anything like that. They just get the ball rolling on that. And then it's um, you know, they don't they, you, you don't get real deep into the science of it. It just it is what it is. He made it and this is what it does. And that, that goes quick. And then, you know, when it's you know, when the movie ends, it ends. It just it ends very abruptly. Um, but there's the story's done. So um the 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 pace of this movie is great. Um the effects are Hit and miss for me, I think the makeup's really good um, towards the end it's really obvious that he's just wearing a rubber suit like you see him like crawling around and like you see like the seam in the pants um so like it's, it's some of that's not great but I mean like the, like him crawling like the, the the wall crawling was done really cool um I guess they said they had the the whole room on a ferris wheel and like they were just moving it and so just really really cool tricks like that um but yeah I think it's a, it's it's a fun uh sci-fi movie it's it's like kind of like, just like a tragic story of you know just like that hu- that hubris of you know what we could do this. it's it's kind of it's funny that like Ian Malcolm is the guy that that took the science too far um so uh but i liked it i think 20 20 20 is high for the fly i'm i'm not going to be i'm not going to lie to
3: you but it's it's a fun sci-fi movie uh everybody else on the fly
0: and i've seen images oh, oh,
3: that uh ethan has it this high cuz he's all about body horror so uh <laughs> So Cronenberg, and especially in The Fly, I can totally see that. Um, I I did think it was kind of fun. They took this old cheesy 50s movie, and they're going to do a remake of it, and to kind of go this direction with it is kind of like, that's why I like when they do remakes that are, you know, very different than the the originals, because, you know, otherwise, why bother doing it, really? Um, Again, like you, Kirk, I haven't seen this in quite a while, so I don't remember all that about it, but it's got Goldblum, so, you know, it's good.
0: I've seen the images of this sh- shit. Hell no, not a chance in hell. I will
3: ever watch this.
0: This is no. He if he turns into a fly, okay, great. I know the story. I'm good with it. Let's
2: just move on. <laughs> um, I like fly quite a bit. I think the makeup is as good as like any of the Wreck-Banker stuff. Um, it's really um, amazing, and and, and you no know, for that being like the selling point of a movie, it seems weird, but like it does. Like make the movie work. It doesn't work if it's not as realistic and as interesting to look at. And um, also, Jeff Goldblum like a um, horror career for what it could have been. He's like perfect for horror movies, uh, playing you know the scientist that go, has gone wrong, and he should have had a lot more opportunities within there. It's always great to
1: see him be this shit. All right, uh, Ethan, your number twenty-four. All
4: right, I think this is maybe a surprise some people, but uh, my number twenty-four is uh, Point Break. <laughs>
2: That's not uh, a surprise. I thought it was gonna be like Babe. That would have been a surprise for you.
4: Wait till the top ten. Um, yeah, no. Point Break is, you know, like listen. This movie is really stupid. Like it's it's so dumb. It's it's like it's like a cheese pizza with extra cheese, and then you added some more cheese on top. Like it's crazy how cheesy it is. But it's it is so so fun. And uh, Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey just like. I love watching them interact and, and Patrick Swayze and Keanu also like those, both of those relationships are incredible. Um, This movie is endlessly quotable. I mean, the premise is so, so ridiculous. Like there's a a, a gang of bank robbers dressing up as dead presidents and they're, they're surfers. And like, so, you know, the, this FBI agent has to become a surfer to get in with them. Like it's so silly and stupid, but I love it. Um, And uh, yeah, it's endlessly quotable, you know, back off war child seriously um you know like i I just this movie just it's like such a blast to watch like this it's you know i I can't i think i might have even put it a little too high to be honest i'll show my cards here but there was a period of time when i loved this movie so much that i like i had like a t-shirt i saw it i saw point break live which was a really fun show um and there was a point in time when i could probably like do all the dialogue to this movie while watching it but that time has passed but the action's really good. Catherine Bigelow does a great job with the action. Uh, the chase scene, on the foot chase is one of the best um, foot chase scenes in any crime movie or action movie. Um, Patrick Swayze throws a dog as a weapon. Like, he, he picks up the <laughs> large dog and throws it at someone. It's fantastic. Um, you know, the moment where uh, Keanu has to turn to the sky and fire his pistol because he doesn't want to shoot Bodhi. Like, it's, it's you know, it's full of great moments like that. Um, Lori Petty is, is, is fun to watch, you know, feel bad her career went nowhere um but you know she's good in it that skydiving scene which i won't spoil when or where it is in the movie but there's a skydiving scene where people are not wearing parachutes and it looks so good it feels like it was shot how it looks and it might have been i don't know but it's it's awesome it's really fun to watch um yeah this movie's a blast
1: i don't think i would ever seen this movie in its entirety um it's one of those ones that was like on Cable constantly in the like early to mid 90s. So I'd always seen bits and pieces. Um, I rewatched it or watched it this week. um, And knowing, first of all, like what high regard this movie is held in and how, you know, how much some people love it. um, And just the fact that this movie is just so objectively terrible. And there's nothing you could possibly say good about this movie. Um, I Nothing? honestly, it felt, well, I'll say this. this, some of the surfing scenes look good they're shot well. Everything else is God awful. It's a terrible, t- if I honestly watch this movie because of how much people like it, I felt like I was watching someone get away with a crime. <laughs> I felt like I was out in a public place and somebody just pulled out a gun and murdered somebody. And I was like, let's call the police. Like, oh no, it's all right. He's cool. Um, and not only are we going to let him go, but we're going to throw a parade in his honor and have a party for it because he's such a great guy. I'm like, but murder. They're like, nah, don't worry about it. Um, Yeah, this movie sucks. Sucks! (laughs) Um, It is just a really bad, actually, it is shot, and that chase scene is terrible. It is edited so bad. It's, the editing in this movie is awful. The action scenes are edited terrible. You can never tell, like, what's happening or what's, where there's no sense of time or space or anything. Um, The acting is god-awful. This might be Keanu's worst performance up there with, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula. So bad and um it's it's just awful um like it's like it does that action movie thing where everybody has to be assholes and yell for no reason just constantly yelling and being mean to each other for no, no reason well i mean i know the reason was it's, it's a very poorly made film it's a very bad script and they think like people yelling and being mean to each other is a you know substitute for tension and drama but it's not um yeah this there's no i mean liking this movie ironically is not even okay um there yeah it's it just there's there's nothing um i i hated every minute of this um it's 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 bad like bucey's terrible Swasey's ter- nobody's good in this there's no there's no bright spots in the cast um it is god awful um everybody else on point break Having
0: Major League Twenty Four doesn't look so bad anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> uh, look, uh, I watched this movie, and I think I I think my score I gave it three and a half, and I thought that might have been too high at the time because I didn't understand the overall love for this movie either. Like I I understand like the like how ridiculous the movie is, but like I didn't realize how ridiculous the movie is, and. Like, I always know the FBI agent, like, world blind. And, like, it just proves his concept. FBI F- agent. agent. This movie shouldn't work. Uh, there's parts that I like. I like it a little bit more than Kirk. But I think a rewatch it could honestly hurt it, um, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah. Um, I can't defend you on this one too much. <laughs> Good luck. Like did you movie. give? Did Brian give you his list? Because this seems like a Brian pick. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. It's
2: not on Brian's list. Yeah. Um, I I I like this movie like fair amount, but movies like this, the dumb action, dumb nineties action movies, will always have like a peak of how much <laughs> I can like them, um, which is like like Air Force yeah. One and they this shit, which no is purpose. like in. Or just enjoyable, enjoyably like silly, and that it's not, doesn't need to be more than that. But it's not going to ever be one of my favorite movies because there's is not anything
3: deeper for me to connect to. But. Uh, this is not on my list, but you know it could have been. Uh, it, it it wouldn't make my top one hundred, but I really like this movie. I don't care what anybody says. It's fun. I mean, it was so good they remade it and called it the Fast and the Furious. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a great on. legacy. <laughs> but, i was but, about I mean, to say i was like that's not helping it come on come on keanu reeves got to, got got to be an action star gary busey gets to be batshit crazy gary busey as usual uh it's it's fun i mean this is not a movie i'm going to go on and say it should win any awards it shouldn't be on a top 100 greatest movies of all time list but on somebody's 100 top 100 list of their favorite movies i have no problem with being gone there uh that being said let's move on to my number 27 <laughs> that's speed
4: <laughs>
3: so thanks for that segue there. Uh, did Kurt, Did Zach talk? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh no, sure.
0: Oh okay.
3: So so yeah. So I, I purposely went last because this is the perfect segue into mine. Uh, speed. Yeah. What? No yikes. What? Oh, no, uh, to this kind of like why why I wasn't gonna bash uh, Cody's twenty four and apparently not uh, not Ethan's twenty four either because this is obviously just a personal personal pick a personal favorite of mine. Um, I can't even explain why. Uh, of the many, 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 many diehard ripoffs that came out in the years following that, uh, this one, you know, was diehard on a bus, and this was the best of the bunch by far. Um, Reeves had already done Point Break, but this is kind of where he really cements himself: is that he could like really be an action star, which you know eventually led to The Matrix and John Wick, and you know, so we've gotten a lot more uh, action from Keanu Reeves, uh, which is good to keep him away from trying to do dramas like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Sandra Bullock kind of became a star because of this movie. Um, I mean, she had done Demolition Man the year before uh, in a much smaller part. But here she kind of got to she kind of appeared on the on the big stage and got to kind of make her mark in this movie. Uh, Jeff Daniels had a great year being in this and Dumb and Dumber in the same year. Uh, His his partnership with uh, Keanu Reeves was really cool. Uh, but really, this movie is all about, like, the, the tension. I mean, you talked about, like, the thing. I mean, it's a different kind of tension. But this one was like, you know, the whole movie, it's a ridiculous premise. You know, this, bu- this bus can't go below a certain speed. But still, you know, when I saw this in the theater, like, people were, like, holding their breath and stuff because it was you know, the the tension of what could or, could or might happen um, was great from beginning to end. And I think a big part of that was also the score by Mark Mancina. It's a great score that, that just meshes really well with the movie. It kind of drives the whole thing.
0: Uh, I also had it at fifty four. Um, I think this movie, it's my favorite '90s action movie of the '90s by far. Like not even close. Um, I have so much fun with this movie. You get badass Dennis Hopper as the bad guy. Just count me in uh, with the phone fo- with all the phone calls. And I yes, is the concept stupid? One thousand percent. But I was on from Jump Street, and I'm still on to this day that this bus can't go 50, 50 miles an hour, and it doesn't. It run, jumps, jumps, shit. It breaks through stuff. It does over top thing. And Keanu is a million times better in this than he is in Point Break. So um, yeah, uh, speed. I just have so much fun with the concept. It's stupid, but it's the perfect amount of stupid for me. Like I can watch this today and not get bored at all
1: yeah the, the timing could have worked out better for you here brian because i don't love this pick, but coming off a of point break <laughs> it looks so much better so much better um no yeah i remember this movie came out and it was a lot of fun i think i saw this in the theater like three times um and yeah just it's just, just that high concept of you know it's on a like you said die harder to bust and you got to keep going and just the way they, they they're able to pace it i mean that's hard to pull off um so it's a fun movie yeah keanu is i think this is where keanu kind of starts to come into his own i think this is where you kind of get that like you know the 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 uh keanu will get like in the matrix and stuff like that um you know this is where he's his acting chops i mean he's not great by stretch but you know i mean between that you know you go from point break to this and you see see a big difference um dennis hopper's great as the villain um he's really good as the um uh, he's really good as uh, just real over the top Dennis Hopper uh, I don't love Sandra Bullock I'm not a big fan of hers but she's okay in this like she's just kind of there um so yeah I mean I think I think it's high uh, I think 27s real high for this but I, I don't hate the movie I don't, I don't hate the pick um, just.
0: One- just so you know, Barr is coming for your head in the chat.
1: I hope he you know. needs to calm down. I mean, he's going to die on the point break kill. That is crazy. He really <laughs> to call uh, like
0: he is he is he is losing his shit. I don't know. <laughs> <get, laughs> can we get a can we a safety check on
1: Major Barr somewhere, please? <laughs> um, everybody else on speed. Uh, or Ethan and uh, Zach at least?
4: Um, I, first of all, I love speed. Second of all, I don't understand how you could hate as much as you do, and and like speed like. I'm not saying they're the same movie, but you know, I feel like they go hand in hand whether you're gonna like him or not like him. <laughs> but whatever. I like Speed a lot. Um Jeff Daniels is great in this. Uh Keanu is is he's I, I listen, everyone that knows me knows I love Keanu. Um so I, I have a blast watching Keanu just, you know, on the phone with Dennis Hopper yelling at each other. It's great. Um I think the action's really fun. Uh I'm also not a huge fan of Sandra Bullock. Um Alan Ruck is really fun in this movie, as like this dispensable passenger. Um, I already in the airport. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the scene in the air- and and speaking of airport, the airport scene is great. Um, I uh, yeah, there's there's the opening scene is also fantastic. It's like it's very tension filled. It's good action. It good builds a good rapport between uh, Keanu and Jeff Daniels. Um, it's a really good movie. Uh, I feel like if you like this, you should like Point Break. I don't, you know, don't see how you couldn't couldn't like one without the other, but whatever. Um, I haven't seen this when I was a little,
2: uh, since I was a little kid, but um, I don't support movies that encourage reckless driving. They should just crash into a water, take one for the team, and not harm every hundreds of other people on the
1: road. You, you solved it, Zach. And I just want, real quick, I want to address Andrew's uh, comment. I didn't say the concept was stupid. I said I liked the concept. I thought it was a good concept. So I don't know what he's talking about. You've really got to get your, yourself together here, Andrew, because you're – just we know he doesn't listen. Funny. He doesn't listen to arguments. We, we we know this for a fact. So yeah. I'm not going to say anything about that. Okay, uh, we're going to move on to your number twenty-six, Brian.
3: Uh, let's keep the vehicle violence going. Uh, it's Mad Max Fury Road.
4: Uh, uh,
1: yeah,
4: oh, so oh, next, okay, God. cool. Well, you're going to have to hear one. about it at some point, guys.
0: I know, but a, another week or later, I can, I can. It helps me prepare.
4: The higher it is, the more he can go
3: off on it. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, 25, Cody can also complain about. Uh, that's Shakespeare in Love. Now, th- this this comes with an asterisk because uh, this this is too high. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, would absolutely, it would absolutely be on my top 50. I'm not sure what I overlooked to leave it up to quite this high, but I I, but I really do like this movie. So, I mean, it's it's still in my top 50, um, but just so you know, even I know, this is this is high. Um, this is a movie that gets a lot of shit. Um, I think a lot of people really jump on it just because it beat uh, same fright Ryan for Best Picture Oscar. Um, I honestly think both were very deserving of that award. If they come out different years, it's just a matter of they're both two very different movies. So, I mean, I could have seen either one getting it. Um, I mean, it, it got nominated for like, what, 13 Oscars and won like seven of them, I think. Um, but this is a movie that, that I understand is not the taste of a lot of people, especially in this community. But it, it, it's a romance, but it's also a comedy. One of my favorite things about it is the script by Tom Stoppard, who uh, he's known for things like uh, Rosenst- Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead. If you've never seen that, Gary Oldman, Tim Roth, see that. It's just it was basically a play. First, it's hilarious. He does a lot with wordplay. Um, you see a lot of that in this movie. We kind of do a lot of wordplay with the with the stuff with Shakespeare. Um, there's a lot of like you know kind of hints and almost Easter eggs and wings that kind of you know things from the Shakespearean times and his other plays. Uh, kind of tells the story of how his how the creation of Romeo and Juliet kind of paralleled the actual story itself. Um, so I mean, it's it's just it's not meant to be you know anything deep it's meant to be fun i mean there's a love story to it as well but it's, it's really this, this movie is kind of just kind of take a, instead of just doing another version of roman Juliet, it kind of had a fun new take on it um i thought the score in this one was great it's obviously very different than the other scores i've talked about but i, I thought it was a beautiful score i listen to the soundtrack all the time uh the cast from top to bottom was was really good uh ben affleck is the weakest link in the bunge as he usually is but even he was tolerable in this movie um yeah, I mean, this is a lot of fun. I would also recommend, one uh, that's inspired, there's a short film called George Lucas in Love, which kind of takes how you know, he made Star Wars. It's kind of spoof on this, but ch- check that out if you can find it. Um, It's fine.
1: Um, I'm just completely sick of the Shakespeare in Love, Save a Pride Ryan, uh, Best Picture Debate. Like, I don't even care anymore. Um, I mean, I, either way, whether it deserved the Oscar or not, it's you're right. This is way too high for for this movie. Um, I haven't seen it a long time, um, uh, but it, I mean, from what I remember, like it's not. It's like I said. I'm not gonna say anything bad about it. It was a good movie. It was a solid movie. I mean, it's one of those you know, Miramax campaigns. I think that got the best picture Oscar, um, but it's it's passable. Harvey Weinstein for the win. Oh wait. yeah, twenty five. Twenty five is uh, is is really high. Uh, so everybody else on uh, Shakespeare in Love. Things I never wanted to said on my show. But,
0: um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I watched the entire YouTube thing about uh, the best pictures I raced and how Weinstein basically worked the Oscars to get things, like how he was able to get screeners to certain people and how to promote it. And that's basically how this movie won over Saving Private Ryan that year because it was the front runner, and then Weinstein showed up and it wasn't anymore. Um, but between them... I'll take Saving Private Ryan, uh, probably every time over anything
4: Shakespeare. To be honest with you, but yeah, um, I haven't seen it. I only know it as the movie that everyone says stole the best picture from uh, Saving Private Ryan. Me. So I will. I do want to see it at some point because I feel like I have to. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I haven't seen it. I don't really. I don't even know much about it to be honest. Um, um, Shakespeare and Love. Oh, okay, cool. I've seen it now.
2: I was trying to look up the nominees that year, so I gotta have a hot take about who really should have won none either, but I can't figure it out. Um I don't know how to Google. Um I I, ha- I haven't seen this, but I was like caught so off guard by Brian having this on his list. <laughs> I'm like very like pleasantly surprised with knowing very little about this movie.
1: Uh all right, uh Brian, that takes us to your twenty four.
3: Uh, maybe get you off guard again. Uh, if you thought I like that romance movie. How about this one, Titanic?
2: <laughs> Yikes! I can not get. Ooh, fun. okay Titanic then. Yikes. Oh no. Hey, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna be pleasantly surprised. It's literally behind you, dumbass. All
0: right. <laughs> that's kind of the
3: joke. By, by the like, way, no Zach,
0: Zach, if you don't bring this up when you finally bring it up and start with the
2: song. Don't come back to the show, okay? <laughs> but when I started the song. I'm actually just gonna do like the clarinet part of the, yeah, the score.
4: it's a penny whistle. I damn just it,
2: can't wait to
0: hear it how sexy is. these play- people are. So that's great, okay. Uh-oh. all right, that takes
1: us to that's the okay, that takes us to the bottle bride, and then we're back to Zach with Zach's number 27.
2: Uh, my 20. I don't know my list. Uh, my 27 is no bumbax kicking and screaming, specifically the 1995 one, not the Will Ferrell one.
4: Although, I I have the Will Ferrell one, one, I
2: kind of like the Will
4: Ferrell one. You know, Brian's about to say he likes that one better.
2: There's you know, there's a little kid getting stuck in the soccer bag and rolling in circles, and super funny. That movie's better than people give credit for. Um, anyways, uh, Noah Baumbach's first movie, um, Kicking and Screaming, is, is one of those movies that I think just like, I, even though it was, you know, 15 years before I graduated college, it's like hit me in such a real level in a way. In a lot of ways, it's just like a fun hangout movie of like these post-college people being, you know, really funny in, in a purposeful way, but also in, like an oblivious, pretentious manner in a way that I know I have acted and it came off. Um, you know, many of times, um, but also just, like, the deep feels of how hard it is to get over college. Um, it's, it's taken me a long time to, like, because it, it's the best years of your life. In a way, that's a cliche, but also, like, it was really real to me to where I discovered at least a version of myself. And I think this movie understands how like you feel that you have evolved into your real self in Kaji, and though that's kind of a false idea and you don't know what to do, you know, outside of there or how like otherwise you're just gonna keep spinning your reels after that. It's never gonna be the same. Um which is like I think just a universal feeling of anyone who's like has um, really felt that growth in college. Um So I, I, that's the, like my main attachment to this movie, but also just is, I said super funny. It's, I think maybe you no know, Bombeck's funniest, non-Greta Gerwig movie. Um, in a way like the lines are are really sharp um really witty um have a great capture of tone i think you have actors that never got you know a time. they're so perfect to the 90s i don't think they really had much of a chance outside of that but they they are just so perfect for noah bombeck's um writing but also chris eigerman who's in this is, is just hilarious and i think he's one of the unsung actors of the 90s because he never really got a chance outside of um this movie or with Stillman movies, um, but just so perfect in that kind of pretentious, yuppie, um, like fake philosophical grad student kind of way. Um, that I just always could be amused by. Um, I could watch this movie every day, it's a delight, but also like makes me real nostalgic and also sad about how I, I reached my prime when I was 22.
1: Um, I don't ju- try to judge movies based on like the socioeconomic status of the characters because everybody has problems everything as they go through but i watch this movie and i'm like it's a bunch of you know wealthy college graduates i i think you guys are going to be okay you know what i mean like i don't think you know things are going to turn out too terrible for you um i think what saved this movie for me is the fact that it does have a level of self-awareness where a lot of movies like this um you know, necessarily don't like they like everything, you know, they, they take that seriously, like that that college is great and this is great, and this is the best part of our lives. Like it it totally buys into that. Um and this one kind of like looks at it through like a different lens of like I don't want to say judging the characters, but like the movie knows that like the movie's smarter than the characters, basically. Um and I, I, I like that about it. Uh definitely, I mean, for me it's it's lower level Bombek. I mean give me Bombek, you know, movies that are him working on his parents' divorce. I think that's where he's he's at, the, at his best. Um, but as far as like this kind of like college movie, I don't think it was too bad. I think uh, 27's high for it. Um, I don't know. Did you have any other Baumbach movies on your list? I think you did. Um, I, I have... A number yeah. of Bombach movies on my list. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you had you you had you had Francis Ha, uh, and yeah. there, there may that's be more to come. That's you had that you had that's so yeah. much lower than this. That's crazy. Okay, Zach, you're dead to me. Everybody else on kicking and screaming.
4: Um, I haven't seen this one. Bombach is like a, a blind spot for me. I've seen a couple of his movies and I like them, so I, I want to watch more of them, um, but I just haven't gotten this one yet.
3: Uh, I haven't seen either version of Kicking and Screaming, uh, so I can't say I like Will Affar one better. I'm um, looking at the listing though it, this is a very 90s cast I kind of want to check it out just because uh, Olivia Dabo I had a crush on since uh, Michael J. Fox's movie called so, but
1: yeah I feel like Brian would love this movie
0: is Mike Ditka yeah. in this one?
1: <laughs> I like the one with Mike Ditka uh, he's a juice
0: box guy so
1: no <laughs> um, okay your number 26 Zach don't be muted
2: I forgot it was still my turn.
1: Okay. Um, I, I was
2: looking at the chat. My number 26 is similar in a lot of ways. Um, say anything. Um, Say anything even though it's a team movie. Wait. To- <laughs>
1: Wait, what? Is it not say anything? I- so
2: it's some kind of a weird
3: joke that I'm not aware of? Or? It is
1: say anything, but buy everything? 2019. No, that's what Oh, Jesus Christ, everything. Cody. <laughs> <laughs> i just clicked i just clicked the Until button i
4: don't time. know the
0: shit so um he had to work today so he retired for the first time
2: ever so. <laughs> um <laughs> but
0: so i'm gonna i'm 89. gonna act
2: i'm gonna act like my 26 is my everything my everything <laughs> this is a l- lovely movie about horny. Um, <laughs> say anything um john cusack i have already previously discussed is like uh for some reason, it is like my avatar in a way. I, I see myself through his eyes in a lot of way on screen. Um, because I'm a kickboxer, um, that just wants to, you know, have my true calling, kickboxing. Um, but this movie is just delightful. I think, you know, Cameron Crowe really had a touch with the pen. He just kind of like lost his way in his earnestness. Um, no one does earnestness better than he did in this prime though um it sells the corny moments like you know i gave her a pen um and you know the airplane scene. better than i feel like anybody has ever been able to do uh, a lot better than john hughes was ever able to do i feel like this is a john hughes movie that actually what he was always aiming to go for um because i think he's just a lot smarter in his um, use of dialogue um and it's an exploration of of characters and there's a this movie is like fairly dead for being romantic there's a lot of subplots that all matter and have importance and are engaging you know there's a real father-daughter dynamic that is real and, and striking and um, that doesn't have to be in this movie and wouldn't be in other movies or it would be less um you know impactful than disabled dude i think a lot of that's based on the performance but it's also you Know the writing, um, and Iona Sky, an actress, we'd lost the time. I think she should have had a bigger career. I think she's full of charm. She plays that, like, that smart, kind of socially unaware girl so perfectly throughout this. Um, but the main thing is John Cusack, the the charmer of the 80s and the 90s, he's just a perfect teen actor in a lot of ways and and very good. So, I love saying it. Um, in
1: real life. When a person makes their relationship, their primary personality trait, it makes for a very dull person. And I don't think that's any different in movies. Um, I hate the character of Lloyd in this movie. Um, he's just really kind of pathetic and not somebody I want to root for. Um, I don't like this movie at all. Usually I love Cusack. Yeah, John Cusack. Uh, in this, though, I just think he's... I don't. Every everything his her dad says to him in the prison scene, absolutely true, absolutely true. Like he has no business like trying to. He's he's an anchor around this girl's leg. Like this this well, this girl's going places, and he is just going to suck her down. Like at the end of the movie, I'm like, I hope they get to England, and she drops him quick because otherwise, she is screwed. He is not good for her. Um, but yeah, John Mulaney or not John Mulaney. The um, John Mahoney is the best star. Uh, uh, best part of this movie, um, and that relationship between them is really good. Just that subplot, um, but everything, and it's just another one of those characters like who just says a lot, but at the same time says nothing. Like tries so hard to like sound intelligent and deep, and is not. Um, yeah, this is a this is a weak movie. Uh, everybody else, on say everything, say anything, or my everything,
4: my, say everything. Everything. my everything,
1: say everything, say idea? my
2: everything. I really <laughs> like it. it. Seems like the first divide in your household. Kathy's turning on you for the first time in the chat.
4: <laughs> um i had heard about this movie for a long time and like i love john cusack and i would seen that scene parodied a million times the the boom box um and i was really excited about this movie and i got it for like two dollars on blu-ray or something somewhere and i was like i don't know I, I don't remember why it was a few years ago so i don't remember specifics but i just remember being really disappointed with it um and just not liking it much and um and not understanding why it's like such a you know like an 80s classic um yeah, like there's a couple of good scenes, but I, I think that overall, it's just I don't know, it didn't it didn't work for me.
3: I think this movie came out as kind of a is a transition. It kind of was, you know, John Cusack moving out of kind of high school roles and in more serious acting. Um, so it wasn't kind of the usual goofy, you know, John Cusack we were used to kind of in the eighties. Um, but I, I, I thought it was a, a pretty good, pretty touching story, and it still had a lot of humor to it. It was very it was very Cameron Crow. I mean, I remember this was was this his first movie or one of his first directed movies? I think um but yeah yeah but uh but i mean i thought it i thought it was good it kind of introduced us to him and his style and i think that's one thing that threw a lot of people at least at the time when it came out because they were used to a different kind of john cusack i can see how watching it now i mean things have been parodied and so, and so much that it comes off a little silly now if you watch it but at the time you know the boombox thing it was a romantic gesture i liked it but i was the right age at the time so
0: Um, I saw this in high school. I didn't. I haven't seen it since. I didn't really like it then, but it probably was time for a rewatch of it. So, but I'm gonna check out my everything first.
3: Strangely yeah. enough, they played a Simpson short for the first time in front of this movie in theaters. It was weird. It's before the TV show started.
2: For the review episode, can we just instead do a live watch along to my everything? The one <laughs> short.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say maybe the biggest surprise of the entire top 100 so far is this not being on Brian's list. I thought for sure like that was like I until he didn't yikes and I was like I thought it was there. Um, okay, Zach, your number 25. Yeah, my
2: 25 is Spike Lee's "Do the Right Thing." People on here trying to say there's a better Spike Lee movie in the past. It's no such thing. It's a movie's a fucking masterpiece um, in all the right ways. I, I think. Spike Lee has such a specific tone uh, that you know. I've been watching John Singleton movies recently, and I feel like he was trying to do a very similar thing of doing these like real life interactions and this like humor and this this this, like streetwise this, but then like straight tragedy, and he just like can't like balance it near as well as Spike Lee is able to do do the right thing which is just a like really amazing ways able to accomplish because in a lot of ways I, I keep talking about hangout movies but it's you're just hanging out in this community getting to know all the people around there they, they give just amount of time to you know um different individuals to to really get a full picture of what it's like to live in this in this neighborhood um with just the right enough time to you know the characters who are going to matter in the end where where then as it you know riles up to the plot everything kind of connects together the characters come together to kind of um, put a pin on what the, the the point of the movie, kind of wrapping everything together, because you're kind of can see it kind of kind of being aimless, like, you know, what is he trying to say? When it all makes sense by the, you know, the tragedy that that's able to occur to and it's really remarkable how it's able to do that feat. Um, you know, you know, coming right out, guess this isn't his first movie, second movie, I believe, right? I also love she's gonna have it, with such like unique style and vision, you know, that kind of like in a way shows, you know, with the lack of options to um, you know, directors of color, directors of female in the past, but we might have been missing out on because there's just a unique vision that he was able to bring in the '80s that you know, directors didn't have the options before that to really you know put that into new Hollywood. Or before um, that, it, it, it's just really remarkable. You know, he he does you know the fish eye lens and the close-ups, you know, almost better than anybody. Um, he uses music, uh, diegetic music, um, you know, not just entertainingly but also thematically purposeful. Um, and I, I actually find Spike Lee a very engaging actor. I, I, I love him in this. I find him really funny. Um, he, he has that kind of weird, quirky persona that, that I typically fall for in a main character. Um, do the right thing. It, it's as, you know, relevant today as it ever was. And I think, you know, if you've heard how great it was, give it a chance. Because I think it, yeah, it, it, it is great for a reason.
1: Yeah, I hadn't seen this as well. When I first watched it, it was rough because of just all the hype um it. I th- I only watched it for the first time like maybe 10 years ago and um you know just all the all the hype kind of hurt it for me rewatch it I I liked it better um but I do still think I mean obviously it's you know thematically it's a very important movie um uh, but just from like a a film uh filmmaking uh, standpoint um it's a movie from a young inexperienced director who has a lot to say and it feels like a movie from a young inexperienced director who has a lot to say I think um I, I, I'm not a big fan of his a lot of his uh, a lot of his camera work in this. I think a lot of it's kind of amateurish. And I I think that all the hype that this movie got and all the accolades really hurt Spike Lee in the long run because no one will tell you how great this movie is more than Spike Lee will. And I think there is a lot of like I said, I think there's like stuff you could have proven. I think there's still stuff I, like even with um the uh, five bloods. Um, I see stuff in in that movie that I saw in, in this movie in 1989, that was still like, I'm just like, you're, you're still doing that, man. Like you haven't moved past that. Um, I, 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 just feel like Spike is kind of a, like, I think that stunned him as a filmmaker. Um, there, there are a lot of great aspects of this. I mean, Ossie Davis is, I mean, Aussie Davis is the greatest thing in every movie he's in. And, uh, him and his, uh, his relationship with, uh, mother, sister, I think is my favorite part of the movie. Um. Dan Aiello is really great, and just you know, uh, you know his interactions with the, with the you know the people in the neighborhood. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's good. I just don't think it's as great as everybody else makes it out to be. Uh, everybody else on do the right thing.
0: It should be on my list. It should. Uh, looking back on it, it should. Uh, it was on mine for a little bit. When it moved around. I have just haven't seen it in a little bit. I need to rewatch it, but I really enjoyed the movie. I think it's Spike Lee's second best movie he's ever made. Um, uh, sorry, Zach. I think Malcolm X is still better. Um, but you know, if he would have cast Denzel and do the right thing, we would have a different <laughs> conversation,
3: but he did. So, um, yeah, great movie though. I'm kind of right there with Kirk in that I, I, I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. I don't, I don't like, I don't get the, all the acclaim it gets. Uh, it does feel a little amateurish at times. Um, I think they, they tries a little too hard to hit you over the head with kind of the the, the messages they're trying to push down your throat. It, it just as a day in the life movie though, and kind of the, what happens to these characters along the way, I thought it was very well done, but then I think Spike Lee kind of gets in his own way and
4: I don't
3: know. It's okay. Spike Lee does have that problem where he
4: just. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. And uh, that's kind of how I feel about it too. Um, I, I saw it like four or five years ago, so I don't remember specifics uh, too well about it, but uh, I remember just like hating almost every character in the movie. Like everyone is like awful almost, if I remember correctly. But it's been a long time, so I, there might be a couple of good characters in there I don't remember. Um, a lot of the performances are great. Zach, I think you're insane. Um, Spike Lee is a bad actor. <laughs> I do not think... He is, he, he is like the worst part of this movie. Like I don't buy... He just sounds like he's like... Reading a script, it's like it's not good. Um, I do think it's <laughs> I do it's shot really well. um, I like how it's shot, and it is a bit amateurish, but I kind of like the like fresh out of film school like style he puts in it. um, the colors are really great. I think the the music's great. um, the ending is like you know that that scene with what happens, um I won't spoil it, but like it is insanely relevant today, and like you know, seeing that um uh, for the first time, like in recent years, like definitely had a profound effect on me. But I think um, overall, I just, yeah, there's something about the movie that doesn't really connect with me. And I, I think it's just Spike Lee's um, overall style. and And I, i can't the, the fact that you said he's like one of the best performances this movie blows my mind he's so bad so so <laughs> funny he's so good
2: um, i'm gonna go really quickly to spike uh the spiel as an actor because he's also i think he's so so funny and she's gotta have it he's just so engaging and, and oddball and, and hilarious and he, you know his most famous face like she's got to have it please baby please baby 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 please turns out he wrote a picture book for babies with his wife called "Please, Baby, 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 Please." So it's basically she's got to have it. Baby fan fiction based off this line that everyone used to check it out. It's a very important piece of art. Took a yeah. the, the
1: other thing I will say about this movie is that aspects of it are really dated. Like when your opening credits scene is Rosie Perez doing oh the my r- god the horrible r- dancing doing the running doing the running man in the spandex body suit really really undercut really undercuts like Eddie thing you want me to take serious later on when you when you open your movie? Yeah.
0: I'm just letting you know, Zach. Paul and Lucas really let you down on these
2: episodes because they're not be here. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, so Zach- I wanted to be on the top 100 with them, so I could be in a team. Hell no.
0: <laughs> hell no. Never. <laughs> Never.
2: Uh, what's your 24, Zach? Um, who and hell knows. Oh, my 24. This is when I I made an awkward moments. I forget the rules of the show because uh, it was almost the same scene, same round, it's Goodfellas. Um, so Goodfellas, um, I mentioned, I think last episode, how my dad never showed me Godfather, but I watched Goodfellas, I'm pretty sure, about like age six, and then like maybe like 30 times, you know, as a youth. So this was to me what, what mobster movies, you know, are. And, and in a way, I understand the importance of Godfather, but Goodfellas is just like remarkably like fun in a way that's almost dangerous this is you know ethan made the joke earlier or maybe someone did about how frat boys misinterpret uh wolf of wall street it's the same way he makes these movies just so engaging so fun that you like can somehow miss out on you know the deeper context on this is like man the mob life like can fuck you up and it makes you a, a, a um paranoid psychopath um as what happens to ray liotta he definitely has You know a take with a a comeuppance in a way of of this kind of life but also still like a kind of nostalgia that that rings out and you know he understands why these people fall for this life and and the companionship you can find you know within that community um but also the just danger and chaos that that could go every which way and just remarkable filmmaking um you know he you know, right out of the gates show that he was, Scorsese is perfect in using music, um, but like three years later, he's still able to like surprise you in his use of, of songs he's already like pretty much used before. They, they use Layla in the montage, and, and you know, somehow, especially just like the weird like instrumental part of Layla, where it's kind of like calm and chill, just is like really works magic in that, in that, that kind of like tragic scene um devastating scene. um and it changes tones when it needs to change tone it really becomes that like cocaine fueled chaos in the last half hour that like, keeps propelling you into new territories um goodfellas highly rewatchable uh i think very important you know film of the 90s that 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 almost like no one was able to make a, a gangster movie afterwards i can even compare to that until he completely upends it with irishman in, in a perfect way but you know messing with his own mythos in a way
0: um, yes, so I just
2: watched Goodfellas today. Um,
0: if lucky, I can't change my shit anymore because it go up a little higher. Um, it's just you're right. It has this appeal to it that no likable characters whatsoever, really, in this movie, but they're so likable in the same regards. Um, I'm still I, I put in my review. I'm still waiting for the Goodfellas cooking show. The um, shame that this never came about. I would watch. I would watch uh, Pauly and them uh, uh, <laughs> cut garlic with a, a, a razor blade any day. Um, just how it really starts, like where it's that – I forget how iconic that scene really is where they're driving down and what's that – and they open it up and just Ray Liotta sees how far of a like a dive that his life has taken since he wanted to be a gangster and now the ultimate cost of what a gangster like really is. I love the little stuff like Paul. I love how uh, Joe Pesci is like. Basically, it just proves like where the mob mentality is that he, not not intimidating, not terrifying, does not have anything in any like stature that could stop him. But his name alone and the 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 people he's got connected to him give him a, the most strength in the world to do whatever he wanted. Like the guy that comes over and goes, that's seven G's man. I need to pay. He's like, get the hell out of here. Smashed a bottle over his head. Like, he's like, I don't give a shit what you're saying to me. And then that's basically his come up. It's in the end. And then, you know, Henry Hill so far into this and doesn't, and finally gets presented a way out and takes the way out. And I, last night I said, ah, third act weighed on me a little bit. Last time I watched it, third act's perfect. Um, I must have been in a bad mood or something. I've seen this movie so many times. So I just think this is this is one of Scorsese's best movies. Uh, it's up there. It's probably the second one for me. I, uh, third one for me. Uh, we'll talk some other time. But I know, but fantastic movie. Uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I wonder what Kirk's uh, going to say. I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this movie a lot. I think this is my number three or number two or number three last year. Oh. Um, it's yeah, I mean, this was the movie that Scorsese, like, his whole career was building up to, I think. I think, like, it just it just peaked there. And, like, I mean, he still makes good movies, but, I mean, this is the the, the absolute height of everything he had done, everything he did since. Um, yeah, the whole just that world that they create and like you said, like the cooking stuff, like the scene of the jail where like they're in jail and they're cooking and then that, and at the end, like the, that day at the end where he's like stopping at drugs, he's running police so it was like, oh, I got these nice veal cutlets and I got to stir the sauce and all that stuff, just all that stuff intertwined, like that's as important to him as the drugs and everything uh, Is so it, it just, it's just such a great world and such a great set of characters, um, yeah, I love this movie, I won't talk too much about because I have so much but there's a reason I just- I uh,
0: th- I think the thing I picked up on this time more than I have before is the relationship between Ray Liotta and uh, his I can't think of the actress but his wife in the movie yeah. and their like reaction, yeah when like she shows up at the prison like starts pulling she's like you yeah. fucking take it, you asshole and like how their relationship started and all that stuff I want to put something to bed. There's a lot of people that say Ray Liotta overacts in this movie. He doesn't. That's just he he plays that he's he plays that larger than life character in this. Um, he's supposed to be on drugs. He's supposed to be over the time. He's okay. trying to. He's fucking hyping on drugs. Yeah, bro. yeah, he's hyped on drugs. He's <laughs> trying. He's always wanted to be a gangster, and he's got this opportunity, and he knows not to let it. Like he has to like fit the mold that they want him to be. So he has to flit in every spot. So. His overacting, his laugh is annoying, but
1: his overacting, it's its played perfectly. So. Yeah, it's a very frenetic character, and it's, it's, I think that's just what he was like in real life. Um, but like I said, there's a reason why uh, Rags to Riches is the theme song for the Top 100. Um, this is a fantastic movie, and um, I love it. Uh, Ethan and uh, Brian.
3: Brian, I know your take on it, is going to be wrong on this, but... Well, no, I, 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 mean, I've talked about this before. I talked about it last night on Log. Day, we talked about this movie? And it's, it's, I think one of those movies that I can respect as a well-made film. But these mob, mafia movies just have never been my kind of thing. So, more power to you.
4: Um, this movie should have been on my list. Uh, whoops, <laughs> another mistake. Uh, sometimes they <laughs> slip through the cracks. We all know how it feels. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. It's, it's incredible. Uh, yeah. I love everything about it. It's, it's. This is a movie that I think earns the length. Um, and, uh, I, have seen Andrew Barr saying some, some things in the chat. I disagree with all of them. Um, Ray Liotta, I di- actually didn't even, honestly, I don't know how I didn't hear about this. Cause apparently it's a thing. I had never heard people say he overacts in this movie. I disagree. I think he's great in this movie. I think everyone's great in this movie. I think the music is some of the best, some of the best needle drops in, in cinema history. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's, it, it's, it is a fun ride when it's supposed to be fun and then it's dark and, and awful when it is supposed to be dark and awful. Um, and overall, it's another movie where, like, Scorsese is telling you, like, this is bad. Like, these people are bad people, and this is not a good life. Um, and some people will miss out on that, which I always think is funny. Um, but, yeah, I know, it's it's fantastic. I should have had it on my list somewhere. Could you imagine
0: too. sitting there and, like, your blood pressure spiking through the roof when somebody says something bad about Point Break, and this man has the audacity to come in the <laughs> chat and say something <laughs> about overacting? That shit's hilarious.
1: Bar, take your medication oh, oh boy uh, okay that was your 24th so now we're going to go to the top three carousel uh starting with cody's number 23 okay
0: real quick real quick i need you to calm the fuck down zach before i start talking okay i need you to calm down i know there's other classic directors i'm sorry but the apartment um yikes
2: you <laughs> fucking rat bastard! I, I said I don't hate Billy Wilder. I just what? The, what is the people related? talk about? What? <laughs> I was about to so yikes before you said it because I knew you were going. Now muted.
1: All right, Ethan, you're number twenty three.
4: All right, but we want to talk about classics. Doesn't get more classic than this. Hellraiser. Jesus. <sighs> so yeah, I mean, I talked about Hellraiser, Hellbound, Hellraiser too. I love that movie. But it does not top the first movie, and there is there's a lot of reasons for that. Number one, uh, Clive Barker did write and direct this one, and um, he has a really I, I love I mean I love Clive Barker's movies obviously, but he has such a reverence for like for the characters in these movies where he like and the and the mythology that he builds and these worlds he creates that um, that just makes you so, it makes it so easy to step into those worlds and to be terrified by them um and hellraiser it plays with such realistic like experiences in these insane unrealistic ways like the whole conceit of of people finding this puzzle box and and trying to solve it so that they can experience the heights of pain and pleasure um that these interdimensional like you know beings can give them um is just so so fascinating to me it's such a fun idea um really high concept which i love um and, uh, you know, there's, I mean, there's so many great lines in this movie, like, uh, they're like, what are, what are you? He's like angels to some, demons to others. So good. Uh, Doug Bradley. There's a reason that Pinhead is like iconic, even though he's not like, you know, people forget that he's not the villain of this movie. It's Julia. Julia is the villain in Uncle Frank. Um, you know, there's the whole section where they're, they're like killing people and, and Frank's body is, is coming back to life as, as he absorbs these, these other men. Um, And all the effects are so fun. Like the 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 practical makeup effects and the gore stuff is fantastic. Um, The scene in the beginning of the movie where Frank gets like just torn apart is so great. Um, Mm -hmm. And then all the cenobites. I mean, there's four cenobites, and each of each one of them feels so distinct and creepy um, for different reasons. And it's so fun to just like you know you don't get too much of them in the first movie. It's kind of the perfect amount because like you get a few shots and you're like looking at them. You're like, oh my god, what's going on here and there? Um, I just want to like. I don't know. I, I could watch a million Hellraiser movies. Even if even the bad ones are fun because you get to see more Cenobites and stuff. Um, but this movie really just set the bar very high for me. And uh, it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Uh, I really like Cl- Clive Barker and I love the Cenobites and, uh, and the uh, Puzzle Box and all that stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, this one's definitely better than the, fir- the second one. Um, this is by, by a lot. Uh, yeah, I watched this for the first time. Uh, same time I watched Hellraiser 2 because I was watching it for a match I was playing against you. And um, I was surprised by, first of all, how small scale it was. Like, I, ex- I didn't expect that. Just how it was basically just all took place in that house. And it was just about that girl and her family. Um, I don't understand how, how uh, Pinhead is the most iconic Cenobite or the most iconic character monster come out of this because he's the third, at best, the third scariest Cenobite. And Uncle Frank is horrified at this. Like, those scenes where he first starts coming back. Are just some of the creepiest, grossest stuff I've ever seen in a horror movie, um, and we've said this a lot tonight because it's your list, and you know it's going to be on there. But uh, a lot of great practical effects, uh, a lot of just great. And I love the, the mythology it builds, uh, just that idea, like I, how the Cenobites aren't necessarily the bad guys, how they're kind of like the the, the overseers, the judges of what people do, and um, just the cat and mouse game of uh, Frank and the and what's her name trying to avoid them. Yeah, Juliet. Yeah, it's a it's a solid movie. Um, I do think twenty three is high. I'm sure I'm sure you have other horror movies higher than this, but I think there's other stuff you could have a lot higher. Twenty three is high for it, but it's it's a fun it's a fun little horror movie. Uh, Everybody else with Hellraiser,
2: no interest. Hell's Hell's good where it is. It doesn't need to be raised. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: know pinhead. That's all I do. All I know, and I don't care. Is it Pandora's box or a puzzle box?
4: It's just Puzzle Box.
3: Yeah. Challenger. Uh, okay. This is one of those I saw back when I was like binging every horror movie that ever came out. Listen, uh, Hellraiser 2. Although I honestly don't really remember this one very well, except that the uh, pinhead and the rest of the Cenobites looked really cool.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, Brian, we're going to go to your 23.
3: Uh, my 23. Well, last week I we had a uh, Pirate Caribbean and Indiana Jones movie. So why not this week too? Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, A a lot of people don't like this. This is the one of the trilogy because there were only three. Um, This is the one that they don't like nearly as much. Um, I really enjoy this one actually a little bit more than the third one. Um, It is definitely a darker story, a darker kind of take. Uh, Word is that, you know, George Lucas going through a divorce when he made this movie. So he was kind of in a darker place. And apparently that affected his Writing or whatever, I don't know about that, but uh, all I know is I really liked it. I mean, you take Indiana Jones, who's you know kind of a character based on like these old serials. Uh, but instead of like the Nazis and all that, you put him in a completely different setting. You get to kind of see him against a whole different kind of a uh, whole different kind of foe. Um, so I really like that. But you know, he's still indie. He still you know is is uh, just as as funny and endearing, but also just as action packed as the other ones. Um, Willie Scott, I know a lot of people out Si complain about this movie. She is absolutely obnoxious and annoying. Um, that's kind of the point. She's supposed to be. She's supposed to be there to to get on Indiana Jones's nerves. Um, she's playing total damsel in distress like to the nth degree to the point where even he is just like, you know, really frustrated with her. But I thought she played that part perfectly and it was a good foil that created a lot of good comedy with him. Uh, short round uh, in this movie. Uh, you add a kid to a movie most times and it kind of ruins the movie. But in this case, I thought Short Round was a great addition to it. I think his relationship with Indy was uh, was excellent. I thought that you could see how they kind of had a friendship and a bond, um, especially in that moment where like, you know, uh, where Indy uh, basically, you know, hurts Short Round hits him. And later on, when he gets, you know, burned and comes out of his you know black sleep uh, and you can see the, the remorse and the, that he feels and kind of the relationship there. Um, so I thought their relationship worked really well. Uh, obviously, the action scenes, uh, these things are filled with them. I thought they were done very well. Um, you have another great score from John Williams, which, again, lost the Oscar. I don't know how he never won an Oscar for his race, The Lost Dark Ones. Um, and at least the first one lost to Charities of Fire, which you can remember. And the third one lost to Little Mermaid, which, you know, Disney took over the soundtrack race. But this one lost to what? A Passage to India. I mean, does anyone remember the score to A Passage to India? Come on. I, I do.
2: Yeah, of course you
3: do. One of my favorite. <laughs> one of my One of my, my favorites. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, this is just a movie. It's, it, I like it not as much as the original, you know, spoiler alert. Um, but this one, I think, is really just as much fun. And I understand that some people don't like the darker tone to it, but I enjoy it.
1: Um, I don't hate this movie. I think it suffers from that Godfather 3 syndrome where it's just the le- much lesser movie, uh, you know, packed in a trilogy with two all-time greats uh so it's really kind of gets crapped on um and i think the one thing i will say about this movie i think this has out of the three has the best opening sequence i just love the anything goes number and then that chase scene with uh, you know him him getting poisoned and trying to get that antidote and the whole the whole car and then you know i love it opening yeah yeah and then him like yelling at the guy and shut the door and his name's on the door um it's just such a great it, it just fools just so many great indiana jones moments um but yeah, I mean, Kate Capshaw is just such a, a weak link in this movie, especially coming off Marion Ravenwood. Uh, you know, replacing her with with this character because Marion Ravenwood is, was such an amazing character, so well done, and just you know, and she's and just to replace her with this like whiny, screaming you know baby. I know that's the point, but it still doesn't make any less obnoxious. Um, yeah, it's it's again, it's not as terrible as everybody makes it out to be, but I mean, twenty three, and the fact that you had it you have it higher than Last Crusade is nuts. Yep. The fact that you have it twenty three is nuts, um, but other than that, I'm not going to talk too as bad as you might think about it. Uh, everybody else on Temple of Doom.
4: Um, I agree that the opening is fantastic. I actually don't like the the, the dance the song number, but um, I do think the action scene and everything in <laughs> the club and the the car chase is great. Um, I this used to be my favorite one growing up. Actually, I like I like that it's darker. I, I think that that's fine, um, and I like the all the creepy stuff in there i mean obviously you know me i love the the ripping out the heart scene is is awesome um i do think that so short round is a fun character um and he's he's a good character but that there's some dated moments in there that just make me like cringe now um and uh but and yeah i agree uh willie scott is is awful i don't care if it's intentional like it is like just so hard to watch her, and that performance is so grating. Um, and yeah, I don't know. This movie I find her little... less
3: grating than most of the characters and do the right thing. Let's just say that.
2: Oh my god! Get the I disagree <laughs> with that. I'm gonna just disagree got with canceled that one. Big time.
4: <laughs>
2: um,
4: yeah, I mean that's all I have to say about it. I, I still like it, but it's it's definitely the weakest of the of the three originals. Oh, oh wait, really quick. Sorry, one more thing. The decision to make this a prequel is so stupid; it makes no sense. It completely ruins some aspects of the first one, where Indy is, on you know, disbelieving these magic things because he experienced all that in the first one. Makes no sense.
2: Yeah, and unnecessary. Like, why did it have to be a prequel? They could easily made this a sequel. It it, it made no sense. Um, you saying that this is um, Spielberg getting over his divorce makes a lot of sense because it seemed like he didn't give a shit what was. No, this, this is. Yeah. Oh, uh, George Lucas was... Oh, yeah. th- this is the only Spielberg movie that I would describe as obnoxious. Like, he doesn't... He has such a good control over the tone of his characters. But I think uh, all the support characters is a little annoying, you know, throughout this movie. Because you, you're saying it's the darkest shirt, sure, but it's also the most childish in a lot of ways. you know, it's so, so weird that Kate Capshaw is his uh, wife for such a long term. Because he has... Shows no affection for her in this movie. Like gives her nothing generous to work with. She is just there. It's you say it's the point, but the real point of the movie is to be fun, and that's just like the opposite of fun. Um, there's nothing worse than 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 the Buzzkill, <laughs> the Buzzkill character. You can have her being uncomfortable and unaware. I think the better version of what that character could be is um oh my gosh, I'm blanket and everything. It's too late in the night. What's the Kurt or the Michael Douglas movie? Um, we answer the Stone. Um, what's her face? It's such a better Kathy version Turner. of that. Yeah, Kathy Turner is a better version of a character outside of their comfort zone and, and being really a fish out of water that comes to terms with it than okay, Capshaw is know within this who who just is nothing more than you know a saddle in the back of the movie. Um, the heart's cool. That to me was all Indiana Jones was for a long term, and all I knew is that there's a movie where they out a heart. Um, the internet tells me I'm
0: supposed to hate this movie. But I don't. I have fun with this movie. I still love 1, 2, and 3 of this movie. I understand that there's stuff that is questionable and she's annoying, but I'm with Brian, that's the point of her character. Like Doesn't She's supposed to be that an annoying good. character. But, I mean, I, 23 is kind of fucked him. Especially higher than Last Crusade. Last Crusade rivals Raiders for me. I think they're really close. And which one's better? Um, so for to have you to have Last Crusade lower than this? That's
1: where I have to sir. All right, uh, Zach, hit us with your twenty-three.
2: Um, this would have been better if I could do this back to back to back to back. Because right after Good Voz is the mini Adventures Away the Pooh. What if Way the Pooh had a? Mob I fucking st-
0: clicked on it. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're everything. I thought it was a My Everything moment. <laughs> you had Goodfellas done this? Yeah, this is a project hey, uh, movie, and it teaches a lot about I how to move life. Kirk. Understand. This is, like, very important to how to maintain our humanity on this earth. Um, people need to, like, rewatch this in a in a, in a deeper perspective because it was such and so wise on, like, why i think i i the kids movie is about to come hot and happy for the rest of this movie just be ready but i think part of why they still were so work for me as an adult is i think you know re adjusting your mind to that innocence that you have as a child is, is you know very important to remember what it means to live um you know morally on this planet sometimes we we forgo some of these because life gets difficult and challenging but when you reduce it to the simplest forms of what means to be nice and kind to each other um, it can it can readjust us to be the best version of ourselves. Kids' movies really are important that way. That's part of why it's important to help kids evolve and grow into these better humans. And then we just, I don't know, we fucking watch Goodfellas and we become fucked up. Um, and Because, you know, the characters have... I, I think they're rounded away, but they're still, like, they represent, you know, just like brother. the things are, like, specific components of what a child's, you know, it is, um, because so that way they can see themselves and they can see how they react in different situations. Um, you know, piglets, is the worried and scared one, rabbits, the, you know, busy buddy, smart ass, um, kind of selfish one. Um, way the poos, the kind, gentle, kind of simple one that just is chilling, these are all you know, parts of what what a kid is kind of feeling with it, how they try to develop themselves. It's how do you bring that all together to be that, you know, f- full well-rounded version of us. And within this, it's, you know, also just delightful and hilarious and, you know, episodic, which is, you know, how I said these are, you know, a compilation of shorts in a way, but but it's all just so lovely and chill and gentle in a way that kids and movies is forgotten. This is, to me, the end of the going age, the long, long, long going age of, um, you know, Snow White Away the Pooh. <laughs> Cool. I'm giving it 50 years ago of golden age of, uh, uh, of Disney because there's ones I loved you know throughout that. Um, because I think after that, I, I talked about how live the way Ro ruined anime movies, things need to become faster and to become wittier and they, they, they stopped the calmness that I think is important for kids to really you know find you know their place with in, in a movie but also you know a way for us all to take a calm remember what it means to be our best selves um I have my son he's still learning English at this point um because he's kind of dumb he's a little bit of a late developer we'll get there um but like I'm getting so so close to being able to show him where really the poo that that was my goal of like the first movie that we'll watch f- um through the whole thing and he's able to like really get it and I am just like, like so exhilarated about this happening at some point
1: Okay. Uh, first things first, we need to pump the brakes of that title. Many adventures is like five, four or five, and adventures. Adventures might be a stretch because these adventures are things like Winnie the Pooh trying to cl- climb a tree, and <laughs> Winnie the Pooh taking a walk on a windy day. I mean, adventures is 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 is, is generous. Um, that being said, uh, Zach, I'm not going to tell you this is the worst pick of the top 100 because you guys have picked some. <coughs> Pretty unwatchable stuff, and it's a lot worse than this. Uh, but this is definitely the most baffling pick. Um, I mean, basically, you're, you're telling me, um, you know, they took three or four episodes of a children's Saturday morning TV show, compiled them into a movie, and that is the 23rd best movie ever made. It wasn't um, a TV
2: show at that point.
1: I think. I think you're. Um, I mean, well, I mean, it might as well be. Uh, I think you're reading a lot into this. <laughs> um i don't i don't disagree with you that children's movies can be important to uh you know whatever but this one is just really like i said it's, it's that's why i said it's like a tv show because it's just it's just it's light it's airy there's really it's just them being their stupid winnie the pooh character selves um, and i get the fact you know i understand you like animation you're very in touch with your inner child i respect that um but this is this this is crazy do uh, you have this in your top 25 movies of all time? I want to look up real quick. Let me. I just want to check something. I, <laughs> I had my gonna... way to do Lego set. It got me the Legos right
2: now. It's the, that's fine. The, that's fine. It's, it's
1: all the best. It's fine. I just want to look something up here real quick, Zach.
4: Sometimes I feel like Zach's seven years old.
1: Um, no, that's this, okay. Like I said, I mean, there's so many animated movies. Very enlightened adult. <laughs> so, I think you are too. So many animated movies that are better than this and have more to say than this. That's why I do not understand. Um, I'm looking at something else, but everybody else go ahead and talk about uh, Winnie the Pooh while I'm doing that.
0: I've gotten a lot of shit for a long time, but I hate Winnie the Pooh. I don't understand the appeal for Winnie the Pooh. Listen, as a fellow chunky guy can eat your honey and shut the hell up like i don't <laughs> need to hear you go oh, 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 oh. like shut up rabbits. <laughs> rabbit's a dickhead that wants everybody out of his damn uh garden why don't you help people give them some food like piglet stop being freaking scared eeyore now that's the real person they should have centered this whole thing around that's somebody i can get behind them mo- i don't know he knows what reality
2: is. He knows that this earth is depressing. And You're just making my whole death. fucking point. As a thought, to become a miserable asshole, and sometimes you need to chill the fuck out and watch me in the poo.
0: No, absolutely not. Incorrect. I just, I just, yeah, like, I would have dumped Pooh as a friend, like, out of Jump Street. The moment he got his head stuck in another tree trying to get honey, I'm like, Stay there, fat ass. I don't know what to do anymore. I'm a big guy, and I ain't getting stuck in trees. I don't know what the hell you're doing. So you know what? I'm gonna go to another. I'm gonna take an adventure to find another group of friends that are not so stupid. So peace.
1: Okay, I fought here. Zach currently has two thousand four hundred forty nine movies logged on Letterbox, and then out of those twenty four hundred movies, this is the twenty third best ever. Yeah, it's probably too low. Oh, my God.
3: (laughs) I'm not
0: rabid of this community. No, not a chance.
3: That's rude, bar. So I don't remember if I liked Winnie the Pooh as a kid or not. Um, But I know as an adult, I hate him. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I can't stand Winnie the Pooh. When I had my kids and people started giving me stuff, you know, for baby shower stuff, I told everyone, if you give me anything with Winnie the Pooh, I will be returning it. My (laughs) kids will not own anything with that stupid ass Winnie the Pooh on it. Because I hate it. I don't want it in my house. I find his voice annoying as hell. I want to kill myself when I hear him talk. <laughs> um, it's uh, oh man. I, I I'm not quite as as animated about it. Ah, no pun intended. As as Cody, but yeah, Winnie the Pooh is is not for me at all.
4: Um, Zach, is this the one where he gets stuck in Rabbit's window? I
2: mean, possibly. Yeah, he gets so, stuck everywhere. Yeah, yeah okay because if his, it is that's, a, then that's, I, his, that's his
4: bit <laughs> if it is then I think I've seen it if not I'm not sure I actually liked Winnie the Pooh a lot growing up and I don't know I, I don't mind Winnie the Pooh I still kind of like it um I don't I mean like I like it for what it is I'm not like sitting here watching Winnie the Pooh don't worry but like I don't I mean I, I can't say that I've seen this one recently at all like probably not since I was a little child and um yeah I don't know I mean twenty three is like I mean I've had some some interesting picks up in my 20 my 30s but like 23, man, is is really... uh...
0: Answer me this, Zach. He has a fucking shirt on. Why the fuck doesn't he have pants on? No one's ever been able to answer it for me. What's the (laughs) point of wearing a shirt if you... That means he's nude. I'm sorry. That man's proud
2: of his ass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, too bad his friends have to put their heads up to it to pull his ass out
2: of it. If you guys think this is crazy, I'm really worried about the rest of my
0: fucking list. And I Mark and Chuck, wait. I don't... Brian hates Joy, Cody hates Joy. No, Mark, you just... Yeah. I, yeah. Just grow up, Mark. We don't, like show, we don't like movies made for three-year-olds, so we hate Joy. I never I show it think. to my kids. Never. Yeah. It will never play on my TV. Nope, nope. TV is too expensive for that shit to play. Sorry. No, uh, the you. A little black rain. Clap. I'll show them good fellas. I'll show them good fellas <laughs> like, like my family. Make them turn out to be Mike Hanley. That's a... Eight. I also said I watched
2: good films when I was six. I had a real ramble job. That's you always great. wanted to be a gangster.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's uh, my turn, isn't it? Yeah, you should 22. Now uh,
0: Luke my, show up. I yeah, here you oh you send out your you send out your call. <laughs> what that well, well thanks for adding to the chat. Um, this movie might get yucks. I'm not sure. Um probably it's most considered the best movie of all time. Um IMDB sure did for a long time. It's Shawshank Redemption. Does anybody have the Shawshank Redemption? Wow. Fucking Nick Tula guy just earned so many brownie points in your fucking ass. Let's go! Because, <laughs> because we're not
1: boring ass motherfuckers. Oh my god. Yeah, you just said back there with you winning the poos, you bitch. Okay? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, Zach. Take a couple plays off here, Zach. <laughs>
0: Uh, The Shawshank Redemption. I just watched it this um, uh, this this week uh, last yesterday actually, and I this movie one, sh- If any movie should be burned, like the overhype is so high to make you think this movie is not good, it's probably this one because when I first watched it, it was it was very high up on a lot of people's list and how it is, and it earns everything that it's. That this movie does i um i'm trying to think of my words tim robbins and morgan freeman's performance in this is just unmatched of a buddy relationship through movies i think the heart that they both show the journey that he goes through this entire thing of tim robbins of um finding his way out but i think the real star of this movie is the warden I think the warden of this movie is one of the biggest motherfuckers in any movie ever. Like, I hate that guy with a fiery burning fashion. Um, I just, just, I mean, this movie's been talked to death, so I won't talk too much. But I think it's, like, the 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 story it tells, basically, the leaving the prison, the people that are never able to, like, go back to normal life. I think Brooks' uh, part is just so... So heartbreaking. Um. Uh. And then even when Freeman's character uh gets, you know, gets his parole Sorry if you haven't seen the movie, but go watch this fucking movie. When he gets parole um, even him trying to consider like this, but you know, uh Andy Dufresne basically giving him the uh the encouragement to keep going and to to find a way out of the situation that he's in, and they're able to live that life out together. Um. Yeah, I, I think this movie is absolutely incredible. It's dark. It's um, unsettling. It's got hope, joy. It makes you feel every emotion throughout of it. Um, and get busy living or get busy dying is one of the best quotes from this movie. I I, I just, yeah, fantastic.
1: Yeah, first of all, can we, can we mute Lucas? Because I don't want Zach to have any encouragement in his terrible takes. Um, yeah, this again, this is another movie I won't say too much about because I've talked about it a lot, but yeah, this is fantastic. It's great. Um, great characterizations, great story of just friendship and um, you know survival and finding a way to survive in that situation. Um, yeah, the combination of the warden and Hadley, the two of them together, um just as that one, two punches the villains are is is so good. Because the thing about this movie, and this is another one I think that earns its length. It's a long movie, but it, it needs to be that long um, because there's, I mean, because it, it's what it's a twenty year span, and there's yeah. ebbs and flows. You know, some people are, you know, at certain point are like the really really bad guys. It's other points are not that bad. It's 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 a realistic you know um, process uh, progress. Uh, through their lives, you know and that's just how that, thats how it really would be. You know, you wouldn't hate somebody all the time, or they wouldn't always be dangerous to you. Sometimes they help you out. Um, and that's one of the things I really love about this movie is just how how deep all the characters are. I mean, obviously Morgan Freeman's great in it, uh, but yeah, it's it's just so good. It's just, it's probably the best prison movie ever.
0: I, I uh, just I just think there's just parts of it like, and especially with the ward, like when he brings everybody in and he's like, "Trust in the Lord, but your ass belongs to me," yeah. like. Like and it was like, oh, I'm innocent. And they just beat the shit out of the guy and then the thing. But the ending, when the Morgan Freeman, so that's the last thing he did or the last yeah. thing he
1: thought. Well, for that bullet, <laughs> and that, just that, that,
0: that ending kill.
1: is one of the great re- reveals of all uh, of all time. That that scene where he throws, how about you, fuzzy britches? And he throws the rock, and um, and just just, just
0: fucking poof out of nowhere. Yeah, Imagine like magic the wind. And,
1: uh, and when, when they bust through that poster, just that that scene, that that shot of them all looking in, and then from that moment for the rest of the movie, just how and then just he all the through five all the payoffs there, the it's just so good. And
0: came out cleaner on the other side. It's so good. Um,
1: okay, everybody, I, uh, Ethan and Brian. I'm sure your take on this isn't as wrong as Zach's. But what what mistake did you guys make in life to not have this on your list? Uh,
3: I think it's a really good movie. I honestly do. I just don't think it's like one of the best of all time that people rave about, you know, number one on IMDb and all this stuff. And I do think that that has kind of hurt its opinion to me is that people just completely like overpraising, praising and overhyping it, which I, I honestly think it's a really good movie. Now, now would it make my top 100? Probably not, but I, but I, it really has affected to me sometimes when I, when I, you know, talk about people and they just rave about it. And especially the whole IMDb thing, I'm just kind of like, really,
4: really, it's good. But, uh yeah, I mean I'm I'm in a similar boat where I, I do I think it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Um, and growing up, it was one of my favorites. I, I mean, it was on TV all the time, and I watched it all the time, and I loved it. Um, but I do think it has kind of the same thing for me as uh, Forrest Gump does, where it's like I think it does get overpraised, and I do think that the the absolute reverence people have for it is like the best movie ever made makes me like it a little less, which is not the movie's fault. It's unfair to the movie, but it's just how uh, it works Agreed. for me, um, unfortunately, uh, but I do think it's a great movie. Um, I just think it's not one that kind of falls into my my taste as much anymore. But it's it's a great movie. You know? My
2: words were is taking uh, not taking on context, but misunderstanding. I don't think it's a boring movie. I just think you're bored for having this on the list. I think you're the excited picks, uh, Justice for fear pitch. Um, I um, the movie's enjoyable. It's it, it's fine. The problem why it doesn't rise above is the like sense of nostalgia that it gets from prison, where it makes seem like prison is this warm, cozy place to hang out. Like it makes, and watch. I'm like, man, I want to go to prison. I'll make friends with Morgan Freeman and other people. And it's just like a bad idea. It should, it should handle that context a little more. Um, the main thing I'm all salty about is like I'm mean, going when the really- sisters
0: show up. I want to see how cozy you think. Yeah, in
2: the way that is filmed is like too soft and too warm. It's not tragic. Um, The main issue that I'm having, why I'm all salty, is because I'm going to screw it on my ranking tonight because there's not enough prison rape in Winnie the Pooh.
3: (laughs) Maybe that's why I wasn't wearing
2: pants. He was just waiting for it.
0: This bastard doesn't act like we had so much crossover in every list and calls my list boring. Sorry, I didn't put Winnie the Pooh, dumbass.
1: Um, uh,
0: I guess it's about restricting.
1: Yeah, uh, your number 22, Ethan.
4: Oh, yeah. My 22. Wait, my 22? Yeah. Okay. Uh, My 22 is uh, Beetlejuice. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, listen, I love horror movies. I love horror comedies. Uh, Beetlejuice is not strictly a horror movie, but it is a a spooky movie. And I love spooky movies. Um, And uh, Halloween's my favorite time of the year. This movie feels like you're it just feels like halloween time for me um it's it's tim burden at his absolute best um it's before he had the the easy toys of green screens and and cgi and he had to rely on practical effects and sets and uh stop motion for a lot of effects which is really fun um and he put so much care and love and imagination into this movie it's so funny it's uh it deals with like Really dark subject matter in a really light way. Um, Michael Keaton is incredible in this movie. This is like my, it's my fa- probably my favorite Michael Keaton performance, um, which I know some people are going to be, you know, they're going to disagree with me, but it's, it's, it's incredible. He's so much fun. Um, Gina Davis, always great. Winona Ryder, fantastic. Um, a great, a, a great Alec Baldwin performance. You know, you, people forget like he used to be really sexy. This is a sexy Alec Baldwin, you know, and it's great. It's great to see. Uh, Catherine O'Hara, like I mean everyone all, the whole cast is fantastic. Um, it's so much fun to watch. There's all these bits, you know, like the the Deo scene and the um, the, the the whole scene where they go into the the underworld um, and there's all the people who have died in fun ways. Um, you know, it's just it's such a it's such a blast to watch. Um, all the effects and the big crazy numbers that they do in it um, are really great. I, my only issue that I have with this movie is that like the ending is a bit abrupt but it's such a crazy manic movie anyway that doesn't it doesn't really like ruin it or anything for me i think the ending is really fun and um it kind of ties up the story nicely and it's just i love the uh, the aesthetic of it and and uh, early tim burton some of my favorite stuff yeah this movie's awesome
1: yeah i think this movie hits the tone that burton's always going for better than any uh just it, it captures that that feel um i think a lot of his movies want to have but don't um the practical effects are great. I think this is before like that Tim Burton look was way overdone. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of cool looking stuff there. Michael Keaton is fantastic. Like you said, Gene Davis and Alec Baldwin. I love the, the afterlife world that they create and like that, that like the after, afterlife as a bureaucracy and then having just like, you know, just wait for you to wait in line and wait to wait waiting room and fill out paperwork and stuff like that. Um, I think it's a lot of fun and a really good take on that. And, um, just like all the, 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 the seance scenes and everything. Just a, um, a, a what's what's the guy's name Ortho? Ortho, Ortho, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's a really funny character. It just yeah, it's just it's a it's a good movie. Um, again, I mean, I wouldn't have this on my list. Twenty two, I definitely would have it there. Um, but it's one of those movies where it's it's definitely worth a spot on the top one hundred. Uh, everybody else on Beetlejuice.
3: I think it was just a lot of fun. Uh, th- this is, this is like he said, I think this is Tim Burton at his best where he's kind of, you know, it's, it's whimsical and odd, but it's also, you know, a, a little bit dark, but without being, you know, trying to go too hard and like, you know, being dark and broody, um, kind of when he was doing like this and Pee Wee's Big Adventure and kind of stuff like that. I think that's where, where Tim Burton really thrives. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun performance from everybody across the board. Um, especially Michael Keaton. I don't know if it's his, number one best but it's definitely one of his best performances
2: i love bill juice um i think sometimes michael king can go a little over the top in it that that is why it just doesn't rise to like one of my favorites but i think the world building is really really great i think the you know production design with with uh spirit world and everything is, is really remarkable and, and and fun to see um and yeah another one that just further you know the counterculture of kidtim is important for kids to have to support their dark side. Just go where they are. um
0: this is the best Tim Burton movie I've seen um and it's still probably three and a half stars for me um i I just haven't watched it enough, I would say to make it like climb over that arc for me, but uh Michael Keaton is insane in this movie like. I think he I think this is
1: top five of his best performances. So
0: <clears throat> it definitely fits your list. So
1: I know it's late in the game, but one thing I think we need to add to the drinking game is anytime someone says they like the musical better you drink. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> we don't have like the
4: musical Coke. came after this one, so I don't know what that shit. We would
1: we would all die of alcohol poisoning. Uh, we don't we, have
2: Coho Holzman on the show, so it's not going to be asked. But
1: as well.
0: hey, Lucas, I'm glad that you showed up. But I said top five. Shut up.
1: Um, okay, uh, so we go to uh, Brian's number twenty-two.
3: Uh, my number twenty-two was a uh, yikes from somebody from earlier. Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail.
4: There, there we go. Three for a yikes, a y- y- yikes for me. Still yikes, or yikes from you earlier? No, 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 previously. Oh, okay. Me at least
3: yeah uh so monty python contrary to anything kirk is about to tell you uh is uh remains one of the best comedy troops of all time they are hilarious there is not a weak link in the bunch every single one of them plays any number of characters perfectly um this was their first movie as a troupe, and it remains their best movie uh th- their style it's very odd it's very silly it's nonsensical but you know somehow it all works and it's hilarious uh the, it's full of classic scenes from the, the three questions with Timmy the Enchanter to arguing politics with Dennis the peasant, uh, the killer bunny rabbit. Um, I, I love how they just kind of play with the, you know, breaking the fourth wall kind of thing where they have, you know, they escape one of the monsters because the animator has a heart attack. Things like that are great. Uh, there's the whole, you know, modern day historian talking about it and he comes by and gets killed. Which makes the end of the movie I thought was genius, the end of the movie where basically the, they're about to charge the castle and then the cops come and just arrest everybody and then the camera goes out. And I the first time I saw that, I literally sat there for a couple minutes going, wait, is that the end? And I thought that was just done genius. I thought that was so, it was so unusual and it was so money Python. It the, the ending worked perfectly the way it just kind of ends so abruptly. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a classic movie. I mean, this, this is, I'm not going to do it, Cody, sorry, but this, almost every line in this movie is totally quotable. Uh, so yeah, um, Kirk, tell me why you're wrong. Oh wait, no, Ethan, first talk, then Kirk can tell us why he's wrong.
4: Yeah, I'll just add on to this. First, I'll say that uh, Kirk, if we're doing that drinking game, take a shot because someone else mentioned that they think the musical's better um, about this one too. But uh, I, yeah, this movie is it's it's incredible. It's so funny. Um, I know Kirk's gonna tear apart, um, and everything he's gonna say about it is true, but for the wrong reasons. He's gonna say it's <laughs> stupid. He's gonna say. That it's it's nonsense and all that and it is, but it's it's stupid nonsense done by very intelligent, funny people, and it makes the nonsense very very funny. Um, I mean, yeah, like Brian said, there's, I, we could sit here quoting this movie all night because it's just that funny. But he, you know, he talked about the fourth wall breaks and the meta humor, and like it is so it's so clever, it's so fun. Um, the whole cast is great. Uh, I remember as a kid, the first time I saw this, I loved it, but I hated the ending because I was like. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean the cops like what is because i was like too young to really get it and like think that was funny um and then watching it back now i'm like that's so incredible it's so much better than if they had actually like found the grail or something like whatever it's the perfect ending um i could watch this movie on repeat it's it holds up so well um kirk i uh, man and kirk loves the marx brothers but he hates movies like this that like Oh my it's god! It's a similar type of humor. Like I don't understand how you know. Like the except opening, this is so much better. Mark's Brothers is awful. But anyway, I agree. Oh this god. is Brian. Um, you know, you have you have the that that clip in the beginning of the show where Groucho "That's like says, clever like, oh, and funny fourth, and actually had some thought behind no it." Not even the fourth, A four year old could read this. Someone go get me a four year old. That's like the same kind of dad joke stuff you get in in this movie and like Top Secret Airplane. So I don't know. I don't know why Kirk doesn't like it, but I love these movies.
1: Um, yeah, I've talked about this a lot, so I'll just say it's not funny. I mean, it's objectively not funny. You can say it's funny, but you're absolutely wrong. Um, I said it in my letterbox review, and it's completely accurate. Watching this movie is like going to a child's birthday party, like a four or five year old's birthday party, and they hire a clown, and like the clown is just doing like dumb four-year-old birthday party clown stuff, and you're sitting in the back watching it because you're kind of stuck there because your kids are there, and your kids are mildly amused because like on a four-year-old's level, it's kind of funny. But from an adult, like an intelligent adult, like there's no level of humor at all. It's just the dumbest crap. Um, shrubbery is a funny word. Uh, let's dedicate 15 minutes of our movie to the word shrubbery because that's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's just the dumbest humor. I mean, to compare this to the Marx Brothers is ridiculous. The Marx Brothers is clever, is witty, it's thought out. This is just every like stupid, dumb, obvious joke you could you could think of um, it's not funny. I, I mean, and these people are funny. Um, like outside of this, like I'm not saying like these aren't funny people, um, but they got together and made a really, really awful, unfunny movie. Um, and Life of Brian is so much better than this. Uh, Zach and Cody on Holy Grail. Um,
2: you said strawberry, and three of us giggled. So I think it's a pretty funny <laughs> word. Pretty funny.
0: Uh, very in general. Pretty good. I have nothing to say. I find it really funny. I, I think it's really good. What movie's ass? Um, this movie's ass. Life of Brian's ass. Anything for the Marx Brothers' is ass. I'm sorry. This is, this is your kind of humor. It, regardless of what group tells you or what group says it, I'm sorry. Not funny. This has always been touted as one of the funniest comedies. Um, fuck that. I'm sorry. British humor is just not my thing, and that's okay, and I'm okay. Humor is
2: not your thing.
0: That's possibly <laughs> true. Um, um, have you seen Major League? Hilarious, good one. Um, way better than this movie. Quality. Uh, uh, so yeah, I just I don't I've never understood this. I've just never have. And then uh, the people that rewatch it make me want to like. How do you laugh again with this? You know it's coming. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Like, I I laugh at one part of this entire movie. Here's the trick, Cody. Here's the thing
1: there's nothing to get, there's nothing there. So, stop looking. Um, Let's move to Zach's number 22.
2: Um, My 22, um, Inglorious Bastards.
4: Yikes. 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 Sorry.
0: Uh, Okay.
1: Uh, So, gonna go to everybody's top movie for the night, starting with Cody at number 21. We have talked about a lot of horror movies
0: on this. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, holy shit, Cody has a horror movie this eye up, I do. I actually do. This movie is one of the scariest movies from the 1950s. It's called Sunset Boulevard. And it doesn't work in the traditional horror sense. You know, it doesn't have, like, practical effects, like... She doesn't like go in this like closet and with a fly and then come out and become a fly. Um, She is just this. um, This story, I think, is so strong. And I know there's a few nitpicks on this from people on this panel that like the the narration throughout this gets like it's too much for people, or that Gloria Swanson like overacts. Um, that's the part of the um, the point of her character um, just a silent film star finds this guy in Hollywood as failed screenwriter basically brings him in becomes infatuated with him basically doesn't allow him to like want to have anything else and she just believes that her future stars is... Uh, Gonna, she's a silent film star. She's gonna come back and become this uh, great star again, and work with Cecil DeMille. And all they're calling her for is to rent like her car and stuff. But she doesn't see it. She just sees like the stars. It's got one of my favorite quotes: "Is the pictures have gotten small? Like she's not small, but the pictures have gotten smaller. Like she's still like that that top notch uh, actress." And like, I just feel like how this this is probably one of the most quoted lines in cinema ever. Is the I'm ready for my close-up, but it's so misused and it's so like what ties into that scene at the end is so like how fully dissented she has into her madness and what she believes that is happening and what's really happening. It's it's just crazy. I find this movie so rewatchable. I think Billy that's the reason why I like Billy Wilder so much, and I know there's other classic directors working. Please don't shoot me. But I feel like he can he can play in every sandbox and hit in every sandbox. Like this is, this considered like a psychological thriller, like back in the time. And I still think it holds up. And I still think like it has old Hollywood feels. And like, think about those stars that still, and she's trying everything to get her for a comeback that's never happening and she doesn't see it. And William Holden is fantastic throughout this movie. He's one of my favorite classic actors uh, working today. So uh, Sunset Boulevard. They're gonna remake it into a musical, everybody. I know the musical's already out. You probably like the musical better than Sunset Boulevard,
1: the original, but
0: uh, this one's better. So,
1: yeah. Um, I love Sunset Boulevard. This is my favorite Wilder movie, um, and yeah, he just makes—and I think this is the best example of it. He just makes such modern, filling movies. Like I remember my first time I watched this, um, and it was one of those ones where, like, with, like a Casablanca or something like that, where you like you hear people hype it up so much, and this is one that definitely lived up to the hype and just how modern it feels like i feel like they could make this movie this movie could have been made yesterday and it would have uh and it would have uh definitely um felt you know completely natural um yeah Nora desmond's such a great character she's so terrifying um just that complete lack of self-awareness and you know that that um that world she lives in in her own head um and just that idea of time you know like she's scary but also her situation is scary just that idea of like having been completely passed by and not being able to deal with it. Uh, the score is fantastic. The score is really great. Um, I don't mind the narration, because I think, at, the, at least, you know, especially at the very beginning, when he's pretty much on his own, you need that narration. Um, otherwise, you're dragging out the runtime, you know, with a lot of scenes that explain stuff you need to know. So I don't hate it. Um, I don't have a problem with it. But yeah, her this- butler? Yeah.
0: butler that's, like, helping with the madness. Yeah. And, like, doesn't and realize it. And, like, he even... And his like ending where he seems like so sad because he just couldn't save her out of her yeah. own
1: plane, It's just it's great. Yeah, he's the star of that third act of that movie. Like when you yes. find out like his backstory, um and just his ending and how he like brings her down. So good. Such a great movie. Um, everybody else, why didn't you have Sunset Boulevard?
2: I like Sunset Boulevard quite a bit. Um I think just like how I respond to movies and, and water movies, my two favorite are you know, the I already yikes and um, Stalag. Um, I think because I just like more into charm and hanging out and like likability, and this is more in the noir, you know, version. So some double double indemnity that you know has a level of engagement with me and interest. And I think I can really appreciate the craft as much as rewatchability. It's just never going to be there as much for me. Um, it's also just for a wilder movie, not enough insurance. There needs to be more insurance agencies. <laughs> and insurance.
3: I like uh, Sunset Boulevard. I just watched the first time a couple years ago for trivia. Actually, I watched it. I think a second time since then, also for trivia, but I enjoyed it both times. Um, I am one of those people that thinks that uh, Gloria Swanson's overacting is a little much. I understand she's supposed to be a bad actress and she's kind of in her own little world, but it she really overdoes it with the bug eyes, snickering teeth and stuff. It just It's really kind of obnoxious, but, but it's still a good movie.
4: Yeah, I mean, this movie is great. Um, it is one that I kind of went into hoping that I'd have the Casablanca feeling with and I didn't necessarily. Um, I don't know why it just didn't—it didn't connect with me as much as that did. Um, I still really like it, um, but uh, I do have to disagree. Though I think that performance is perfect for what that character is. It's like I think just—I think it works so well. Um, but yeah, I don't like love it. I, it's not a movie I'm gonna like watch over and over again.
1: All right, uh, Ethan, we'll go to you for your 21.
4: All right, number 21. Uh, surprise, surprise—the Charlie Coffin movie got an adaptation, baby. This movie, uh, yeah, this is one of the most genius things ever written, um, and I don't care if, if it's been said uh, too many times, um, but, yeah, this movie is, is it's perfect. The, uh, the script is so complex, and the story – and so, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, which you know, I'm sure it's, it's well-known by now, but this movie is basically about Charlie Kaufman, the character – trying to write an adaptation of a book by this woman, Susan Orlean and not being able to, and how he gets lost in the adaptation of it and how it ends up becoming this like crazy, you know, like mystery murder thing, like this big Hollywood story or whatever. And as the character is writing this script, trying to do that, the movie that he's in is becoming that kind of movie. And like this, the fact that that's, this is the adaptation that Charlie Kaufman turned in. This is the script he turned in when they said adapt this book, blows my mind. And then the fact that it still got made is, is so incredible. Um, he created a, a fictional twin brother named Donald Kaufman for himself, um, who was so likable and, uh, and so real feeling that the, he dedicated the movie to Donald and he, Donald Kaufman was nominated for best, Original, uh, best adapted screenplay for this movie. He does not exist. He was nominated for an Oscar, Charlie and Donald together. Were nominated for Oscars um, the uh, I mean Nick Cage uh, I love Nick Cage yes he's got a lot of over-the-top you know crazy performances that you can like or not this performance is legitimately great he does a really good job as, as this like neurotic guy that Charlie Kaufman is and and playing the two characters very differently like Donald and Charlie are very distinct characters in this movie um, and just watching watching them interact is 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 great um spike jones one of my favorite directors his style is 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 really interesting and he just injects so much i don't know it's just his movies feel very unique and um there's certain things about this movie i mean it's like one of the most meta movies ever but also you know like they're on the set at one point for being john malkovich um which i just think is so fun like if you watch being john malkovich in this back-to-back they just work so well as a a perfect pair of charlie coffin spike jones craziness um, Chris Cooper in this movie is so fucking good. Um, I think he won the Oscar for this one. Um, he, he's so good as this like this, this misunderstood like redneck um, like orchid thief. Um, and then Meryl Streep, obviously, like I, you know, I'm not always a huge fan of her because she sometimes for me does the same beats, but she's really really good in this movie. And the author of the original book um, has come around and loves this movie. She loves what they did, and I don't know how you couldn't because it's just such a unique, bizarre brilliant way to do an adaptation of a a book yeah like it's it's
1: just it's a lot of fun just how meta it is um i love that scene where they're on the set of uh bjod Melkovich and john cusack shows up uh, just for like a second he just like walks on a wave storm um and yeah just the idea of you know making this movie about himself trying to do this uh is again you said everything about it It, it, it's just such a great idea um, you know, when when you can't do it, do you know when you can't adapt it, do something like this. Um, and not a lot of people would come up with that. I love that, you know, that that Spike Jones, um, that high concept stuff that he, that he does um, that, with Charlie Kaufman. Um, Says so, so again. I mean, I I I think I like being John Malkovich a little better. Um, I think 21's a little high for this, uh, but still a pretty solid movie. Everybody
3: else on uh, adaptation. I haven't this, seen it. This is my favorite Charlie Coffin movie. Um, it, some of his stuff gets a little too out there for me, but but I do like some of it. And this one is by far my favorite. Um, I again like you guys talk about. I just I, I love the meta aspect of it. I kind of wish I had could have been there when he handed in the script to see how they would have reacted to this. Like, wait, we had asked you to adapt this book, and this is what you bring us. Uh, that would have been great. But uh, but yeah, I mean Nicholas Cage, I, I, he's a really good actor when he when he wants to be. I mean he got he, like you said, he did get Oscar nominated for this. Uh, uh, his only other one besides his win for leaving Las Vegas, I think. Uh, the Chris Cooper one, Meryl Streep is nominated. Um, it's it's a really good movie. I also think Brian Cox has a small part, and he does a really good job in this as well. Yeah. And too. What? Oh, just, Zach, you got to yeah. watch this. I would buy it. I feel like Zach would like it. Yeah,
1: It's I consider it as a blind spot. Absolutely. All, all right, uh, Brian, you're number 21.
3: I think this is where this ends. Uh, Jurassic Park. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say, as has been said already, including on other episodes of your list sucks. Uh, Jurassic Park is kind of the perfect uh, movie as far as like, you know, summer blockbuster style of movies go. Um, I've said before how I kind of gravitate towards the fun uh, Spielberg, and this definitely falls in that category. Um, It's amazing to me that he made this the same year, this got released the same year as as, uh, Schindler's List which kind of just kind of shows the different sides of Spielberg. Um, but yeah, as far as this one, I mean, nobody, nobody does that sense of, of wonder like Spielberg. Uh, and he also does a great adventure, like with the Indiana Jones movies. And with this movie, you kind of got both of those uh, together in one. Um, he much like his early movies, like Jaws, they kind of tease the dinosaurs for the first hour. So when you finally do see them, you kind of, you really feel like you're there. Like with Sam Neely, you know, you've seen dinosaurs and, and once again, John Williams score really, really contributes to every moment, whether it be the scary moments or the, the, the more, the sense of wonder, things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of the cast you hadn't really heard of before this movie, or at least I hadn't heard of before this movie. I mean, I knew Jeff Goldblum and, you know, I think I'd heard of Laura Dern, but the rest of them for the most part, I mean, it's full of a lot of faces that I'd probably seen elsewhere, but, but, I didn't, so, I mean, there weren't really stars this. The star of this movie was the dinosaurs and the special effects, which this movie kind of revolutionized uh, visual effects for the rest, I mean, ever since then, for the next several decades. Because, I mean, you kind of saw some CG stuff kind of come into its own with, like, you know, Terminator 2, some of that. But this one was, like, leaps and bounds above. And and everything there, I mean, even to this day, I watched Jurassic Park and and the dinosaurs in there just seem 100% real. It still holds up. Almost thirty years later, um, and and really, that's uh, for better or for worse. You know, they kind of introduced CGI uh, for for the movies. Um, but uh, but that's just on a technical level. Even on a story level, uh, I just love this movie. Like I said, it kind of got the sense of wonder. It's it's fun. It's the perfect blockbuster summer movie. It's got fun and scares
4: and adventure and everything. I I, this.
0: I, I
3: think
2: we all have
4: it. I'm not sure. I didn't have it. What
2: the fuck, are you talking about? <laughs> um, Cody, we, you all, we I
0: think we all have Jaws, at least. I, I had thirty-two. I had thirty-two. I where'd have
1: you, you have it, Zach? Where'd you have it? Um, like fifty something. Okay, so, Cody, you go first.
0: I just always wish that I'm not, I'm not as old as some people. They got to see this in the theaters the first time, but I wish I could go back to the very first time I saw this movie and when the part when they go to the park the first time and that score hits in. Um, it's just something that's just it's just a magical movie to me um do i believe do i wish the raptors would have ate like the kids yeah i think they would have <laughs> probably put it in number one of all time i think those have to rank in like the top 10 most annoying children of all time but the reason why i relate so high is because i'm sam neil and having to take care of those damn kids in that situation he's just nicer and they got to see the end of the movie i would have i would have pushed him down and uh, got the hell away from him but uh yeah, it's just magic. This movie is just absolute magic. I think the 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 cars outside the gate when the, the cable starts snapping and you know fucking Lex has to like scream and throw, show the light to the the eye for the first time and you hear the scream that's like seven different animals combined into one to make the three rex sound. Yeah, it's a it's a masterclass. I think this this is Spielberg's most watchable movie. I think overall, uh, is it his best? people can argue if you're my family yes but um this movie is just magic so
2: i got to see it um in theaters of my birthday this year and it was a lovely way to you know spend my um post-fax birthday if theory was watching a fucking uh, legendary movie like Jurassic park with my wife it was lovely um we're three hours in there's lots i can say about how great jurassic park is um but really what it cuts down to and all that really matters is dinosaurs are fucking rad
1: um, yeah, this is a great movie. Um, Brian, you took the words right out of my mouth. That sense of wonder, it t- it entails, um, that f- that scene where they see the first dinosaur and just their reaction to it, like, where you see them, their reaction first. And, um, I mean, I love Goldblum's line there. He really did it. That son of a bitch, he did it. <laughs> um, yeah, And but then, like, it goes from that, that, like, childlike sense of wonder to also, at certain times, being like a straight up horror movie. And, like, everything in between, it does so many things so well. Um, the effects are great like i can't believe like in 90 like when uh call of the wild came out last year i was like why <laughs> how, why in 93 were we able to get like real dinosaurs but in 2020 they can't give us a realistic dog like it just yeah. doesn't make any sense that like they were never even in the sequels they were never really maybe in two um but they were never really re- recapture this like that combination of effect of digital and practical and it's just so seamless how they do that like if you watch like um you know, behind the scenes stuff like you know when they cut from a puppet to CGI and back and all that—it's it's so it's so well done. It's it's just so perfect. Um, I had this uh, a little lower on my top 100. Um, oh, you but, did 92. Yeah, but I mean, this is one like no matter where you have, I mean, definitely under Pacific better, Room. It's definitely it's definitely better than. Uh, I mean, it's definitely worth a spot wherever on top 100. It's 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 it's. it's I don't. It's not. I'm trying to do the math real quick in my head. Top, I think it's probably top three Spielberg for me. Definitely top five. Uh, but that's something against it. I mean, Spielberg has so many great movies, obviously, that to, uh, even number five is is solid. Um, I'd have to go back and see exactly where. But um, Yeah, I love this movie. Uh, Ethan, why would you skip Jurassic Park?
4: Um, I think this one probably could have made my list in another life. Um, I love this. No, I love Jurassic Park. It's great, you know. Uh, I agree with everything everyone said already. Um, you know the practical effects are fantastic, and the the seamless blending between the CGI and that, and even the CGI holds up pretty well, which is is crazy because it's better than a lot of CGI you see now, which is nuts. Um, uh, I love the cast. You know, I mean, everyone's great: Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum. Like that's like a holy trinity of great actors in this movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I probably should have had it on my list at some point somewhere. Um, I'm not sure where it got lost for me, but uh it's a great movie if the t-rex would have knocked over the
0: jeep of his dick then it would have been instantly on the well list. that's like
4: top 10 material i mean come on all right
1: all right uh zach you're gonna close us out with your number 21 yeah my
2: um second shake 2009 2009 underrated for having two bangers by some of the best working directors on this is fantastic mr fox Wes Anderson's. Stop motion, of course. Do things love Wes Anderson, fucking animation and stop motion. all and one. Who knew that he was like the perfect director to work, you know, in in stop motion. And you you all say how much I love kids' movie. This is like barely a kids' movie, and I don't know if it was just by Ken. that because I think it's like still calm and you know innocent in its way, but like I, I just don't think kids can get it or vibe with it because it has this like very Wes Anderson quirk to it um everything's a little stilted in a very specific manner um like the emotions are there and they're, they're kind of in the subtext but but you but they're just a little like lost over they're like they're a little, little, little defeated in, in the personality of the characters and, and the line reads that's just how you know he he writes you know his his scripts or directs the actors at least um but this is based on the raw doll book, for Tessa of Fox. That was probably my most read book as a child. For some reason, this is the one I clung to. I was really into animals, really into Raw doll so it kind of made sense. And, and it really extended this. The movie in, or the book ends 20 minutes in the movie. It extends in such a witty way. It's almost like he created his own sequels, like what happens next with the logical connections. Um, that then like helps the movie grow thematically in a way that, that, that's not in the books so on you know identity you know because it really is a movie about what does this fox this all sounds silly as I say out loud, but it is about you know when this fox cannot be the predator or the hunter that he is how does he find you know his service to his family and service to his world and it, it you know as great fantasy movies animation movies can do you can create you know a context for these really serious ideas that we can pull into a real life even though this isn't a ridiculous Cartoon world. Um but you know it's it's Wes Anderson's funniest movie, I would say. There's just such a great, you know, lines throughout it, great, you know, characters. I think weirdly, really, um between this and Rushmore, um Jason Schwartzman uh, you know has never been better between those two movies. I think he's just great with Wes Anderson lyrics. His, his you know voice reading of all this is just such pitch perfect on this you know kid that's being overshadowed um but specifically you know the best part of this movie is anytime that um you know the sidekick possum character could say the word apple juice and apple juice flood it's just the funniest thing in any movies that ever existed. apple juice flood great idea i need an apple juice flood right now um now it's very physical and textural in a way that only stop motion can kind of bring that that is you know beautiful i want like 10 messages in stop motion movies i need more bring one
1: uh, Wes Anderson's a guy. The more I watch, the more I like his stuff. Um, I I like this movie. I think his style lends itself really well to animation. Um, just like the look, like even though it's a cartoon, you you look at it and you can see it. It definitely looks like a Wes Anderson movie. Uh, I like the visceral aspect of the animation. Like I like how the fur is like moving because of like the when the the puppeteers are actually moving the the puppets. They're fingerprints and stuff are in there like i just like the, that that grittiness of it uh i like the fact that, i like how they use the word curse as their like as their go-to all-purpose curse word uh it's just a really uh fun little world they build like that idea of how they, they play on like the idea of what these animals are and um you know wh- you know turning that into like a real uh, like a human society uh everybody else uh, i think 21's high uh i either a lot better Wes anderson movies i think there's better a, a, uh animated Wes Anderson movies but I don't for know, it me, doesn't it make sense and there's like my gremlins too for me it makes <laughs> sense <laughs> uh everybody else on fantastic mr fox
4: i love this uh, movie um sorry I'll, just, I'll go really quick cody i yeah i think this movie is great everything zach said i agree with um everything kirk said i agree with i love the uh, stop motion and the uh, animation on the fur and all that the voice cast is fantastic uh not no pun intended um, I just think Wes Anderson's style uh, lent itself so well to, to whimsical stop motion animated animals. And uh, yeah, this movie is great. I, I could watch it whenever I'm feeling down.
0: The more Wes Anderson I watch, the more I don't like myself anymore. So,
3: no. I have not seen it. Good for you.
1: Okay, well, that takes us to the end of this episode. Let's get some winners here. Uh, this week was a lot easier uh, than it has been the past couple weeks. Uh, Cody comes in number one. Um, he just had too many bangers there. Um, Goodfellas, Sunset Boulevard, some of the old times great Shawshank. Dow- I re- he introduced me to Dow for the first time. I really love that. Uh, so Cody comes in first. Uh, the rest were hard because you guys had some really high ho- highs, but also some low lows. Um, number two is Ethan. Uh, point break is terrible but you also had Casablanca and the thing. Uh, so some other good stuff on there. Alien, um, nothing on, else on there I can complain about. Uh, number three is Zach. Um, it's hard to put you number three because you had good fellows and glorious bastards, but you also had Winnie the Pooh and my neighbor Totoro and say anything. Um, and that, but that's the, been the story of Zach's list. Zach makes this, this hard for me. He would put my everything
0: on the board. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and coming to last place is Brian. Um, Brian, his, his, most of his bad stuff wasn't as bad as everybody else's, but he just didn't hit the highs that everybody else did. And that, that one two punch of Temple of Doom and Holy Grail were tough to take. And his takes on Holy Grail definitely cemented. Number four. I just want to put out real quick, it uh, got lost in the shuffle here, Zach Ford, Whiplash Zach Ford, his last four picks. Good fellas, many adventures with Pooh, and Glorious Bastards. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Gotta love this guy. Uh, yeah. Next week, are
0: we start? Are we starting early next week, Cody? We're gonna try. If the panelists can try to get here a little earlier, that'd be great because we're going 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 9, 9, 9, 9 for the rest of the way. So, I would encourage and the final
1: episode will probably be four hours long. So, just okay. let everybody... So- watch for updates on the Facebook page to see exactly when we're starting. We're on to to schedule that, but we're going to try to get here early next week. So hope you can do. Thank you. Uh, you guys can make that too. Thank you all for sticking around uh, in the chat. Everybody who hung out, watched, and participated. A lot of fun. Um, we'll see you next week. Start the top 20.
0: You're not going to
4: intimidate me. I'm entitled to my opinion
0: drunk get angry come
3: on break the lousy cup ow i hurt my arm and i expect everybody
4: i'm going there soon you know
2: is that so where you going uruguay well you go uruguay and i'll go mine